2: It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters.
3: I don't know why I'm crying so much, but what got me choked (laughs) up was the picture of the cab driver.
2: And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. That's all I can tell you. This is how I feel right now. Nobody knows what it feels like as a black man um, to be able to speak in this moment. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send dreamers back for no reason.
4: Me
3: too, I started crying again when I heard the bell from Paris. I keep crying. I'm going to cry now. (laughs) Go away from me. You're going to make me cry.
2: We don't care who you are. We don't care if you voted for us or not. This is vindication for a lot of people
5: who have really suffered. Dear Joe, you're only 12. Your stutter is debilitating. It embarrasses you. And the bullies are vicious. But Listen to mom when she says, bravery resides in every heart and yours is fierce and clear. Listen to dad when he says, Joey, when you get knocked down, get up, get up. Because if you listen, you'll summon the bravery to overcome the stutter and you'll learn to stand up to bullies. You'll learn from Dad, who moved the family to look for work, that a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity, it's about respect.
6: Hi, how are you? Hi, Joe is my name.
5: And that's why you'll follow your heart and serve your community, your state, and your country. An intolerance for the abuse of power will drive you to stand up for civil rights. Hmm. I remember
3: that note back in 2016. Paige Kendig was a producer of that. She she now works at Stephen Colbert. And I remember the thing that stood out to me in addition to how well it was done. He sent her a note after to say thank you so much. Thank you for the CBS team that put it together. Really speaks to who he is. And little known fact, back in the day, Donald Trump used to send notes. I remember getting a note from him after I'd done an interview with Ivanka, I think, it was before he was president, saying, you know, thank you so much for the interview. That was before the press was labeled fake press, if you no. dis- disagreed with him. But I remember Page being so struck and so touched that he would take the time in, in great detail, yeah. appreciating. But it shows how the man, the character of that man really doesn't seem to have changed.
4: No, and what an extraordinary he life like, he's had and what, he, what he's endured what it, he's in been all through. of it.
7: And the Emmy goes to...
8: Van Jones! And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 11th of November, year of our Lord, Veterans Day. So before I start the politics to all you vets out there, have a day. You deserve it. Unlike most people that get all the heroism in our country, you actually are heroes. You did sacrifice something, other than your fingers as you tweeted. And i being told in my ear from the booth, that wasn't acting, that was real in our intro. So I guess I'm wrong, I'll take that one back. So, today we're going to do a lot of ugly, yeah, for the last time... We're going to cover fraud accusations, because, as stated on the previous podcast, I I believe the election was stolen. I do. I, I don't put it past people who, for four years, try to get a president out of office by any means necessary, and a media that tried to get him out of office by any means necessary, that they wouldn't cheat on an election. I believe both parties cheat on elections. I think Democrats just get away with it because the media never investigates it because the media wants them to win. But if you think they didn't cheat, you're stupid. They said Trump was a Nazi and we were losing our democracy. So even if they didn't rig it themselves, as in the DNC... They're people who are the poll watchers that we see everywhere with Biden Harris BLM mask. You as sure as shit know. They cheat. They blown shit. And there's some fishy shit. We're talking people, non-Trumpers, have broke down the hundred and thirty-eight K vote just for Biden in Michigan. And it, it doesn't look good. I, I got to start right up front. Um, oh, and we're going to do a military corner today. Guess I didn't really slay out the full table. But I, I got I got to start with Biden's first presser. Because I think, once again, for those who knew new to the show, not a Trumper, not GOP. I just hate Democrats because they're fascists. Like, really fascist right now. But I hate the media. Because our media is so one-sided that you really want to talk about What was the fraud in our media? It was inflated polls to make people not go out and vote. And in 98% media, positive Biden, 98% negative Trump. That just destroys any illusion of a free election. Because people's heads are malleable and... I definitely can't stand what's happening and what is happening in social media is just fascist as fuck. And we'll see it in a second. But this was Biden's first presser. Do we remember Trump's? I'm not going to play it. Don't worry. It was caustic from day one. This is Biden's first presser
9: during the campaign. You said you were not naive about how difficult it would be to unite the country. It's now three days after you were projected as the president-elect. The president himself says he has won this election. His own administration has not moved forward to give you access to what you need to do to begin the work of your transition. Just a few minutes ago, the secretary of state, when asked if he would cooperate with a smooth transition, he said there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. I wonder if you have a message for the president who may well be watching right now. And how do you expect to be able to work with Republicans when so many have thus far refused to even acknowledge your victory? You warned during the campaign that as the walls closed in on the president, he would behave more erratically. Yesterday, he fired his defense secretary. On Twitter, are you worried that he's disabling the government? And what are you saying to the world leaders who are calling you at this point about the situation here?
10: What options are you considering? How will you uh, move ahead if the president continues to refuse to concede?
11: Do you plan a campaign in Georgia before your inauguration to help Democrats in the two runoff races there as they try to flip the Senate? And uh, how important is a Democratic held? Senate to your agenda.
0: What do you say to the Americans that are anxious over the fact that President Trump has yet to concede and what that might mean for the country? And just to follow up on a previous question, how do you expect to work with Republicans if they won't even acknowledge you as president-elect?
8: That's t-ball, boys and girls. T-ball. And uniting the country, we're going to get that in a few seconds. They shouldn't be asking the right, It's how do Republicans work with Democrats ever again? Because for four years, Republicans are the KKK Nazi Martian death force. You have literally pumped it up to a level that has never been. So why would you ask that question? You know, the, the media is, is so horseshit. We got motherfuckers making Lists. Lists. including the media. Maybe that question should be for the, the the left. And to show you how fucking butt blind they are, the moment Biden was elected that day, CNN ran this ad.
10: Our trust has been broken in our leaders, in our institutions, even with some of our friends. And we are hurting now more than ever, we need each other to listen, to learn from one another, to rebuild those bonds, because trust shows that we believe in the good in each other. It's what makes us human. And when we trust one another, that is when we can truly achieve great things.
8: But on their airwaves, it sounded like the following. Trump was a child. He's a murderous African dictator whose kids were going through the street killing people. And Friedman, the GOP is a threat to democracy.
12: Well, Allison, I have a sense that even some of the Republicans who are saying in public uh, that Donald Trump uh, has not lost this election yet uh, are privately more rooted in reality. It's just that they are following the... Uh, blueprint that they've followed for years of not standing up to this president. If there's any uh, other option conceivably available, I think they're hoping the courts will do uh, the work for them and that they can allow the president to litigate and litigate until uh, he has no more options and then just say, well, uh, that's the end of the road, sir. And that may be uh, exactly what happens. I do think it's telling, Allison, that uh, even as Lindsey Graham is out there in public saying, uh, you know, fight this hard, Mr. President, he has also said publicly uh, that if Joe Biden's elected president, he will uh, work with him where he can. So. I don't know that we're getting the message of sort of uh, relentless total obstruction from uh, Capitol Hill that uh, the president would like uh, to be getting, but neither are we getting a sort of strong uh, endorsement that, you know, it really is time
13: to pass the torch. They're treating him like a petulant child that hopes, they hope he wears himself out, basically. He'll get awfully tired if he keeps on running around like that outside. If he keeps on screaming and crying, it'll tire him out and eventually he'll fall back asleep. It seems to me that that's what they're doing right
14: now. In the mid-90s, I think it was like 96, I was in um, in Kinshasa uh, in the waning days of Mobutu, and Mobutu was a you know pretty awful dictator. And when he finally fled the country and the rebel, rebels were moving uh, to take the capital, his son drove around in a pickup truck with a machine gun and settling scores with people he felt had not been supported enough with Mobutu. Thankfully, it hasn't come to that here, but I can't believe we're in a situation where... You know, a transfer of power is not, we're, we're, I can't believe we are in this situation here. It just seems so petty, and I I know it's about Georgia, and I know it's about setting up grievance politics that will perhaps allow him to run in four years again.
15: Let's bring in someone who can help us look at this in sharper focus, because this is a critical moment. And we need critical thinking. Tom Friedman, New York Times columnist, author of bestseller. Thank you for being late. Good to see you. How big a deal is it that they are trying to hamstring Biden from getting the briefings and allowing his team uh, the transition help it needs?
16: Well, Chris, you know, I, I keep thinking about this moment and Trump is such a small man in such a big time we are facing not only just a transition in power, but a transition in power in the middle of a pandemic. And all over the world, not only in, in America, where Americans are looking to the government for help, Chris, all over the world, there are soldiers, men and women, um, on post right now in Syria, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, ready to make the ultimate sacrifice for their country. And these Republican senators and uh, senior officials who are backing Trump in this ridiculous wild goose chase, they will not make the smallest sacrifice. These are people, Chris, who will not risk $174,000 in salary and free parking at National Airport to stand up and say the right thing. It's, it's, It's not only shameful. This is actually, Chris, the biggest threat to our democracy since the Civil War. It's all from within. Because we have a deeply, deeply disturbed party with populated now by people who are day in and day out ready to put the interests of that party ahead of the nation and ahead of the Constitution. What do we do today? The president just decapitated the secretary of defense. Because why? Because that secretary of defense wouldn't put Trump's interests ahead of the Constitution. People need to stop and think how crazy that is. We just fired the secretary of defense because he wouldn't go to a church with Trump, um, move away crowds so Trump could hold a Bible upside down to advance his campaign. In the middle of a pandemic, folks, do you realize how crazy that is? And you know what's behind this man holding power. He knows, Chris, he is looking at humiliation, uh, incarceration and liquidation if he's out of power. And he is going to do everything he can to hold on. And that's not to mention the other clowns around him. Right. That's the real all, risk oh, here. Trump is yeah, what he yeah. is,
15: period. Yeah. But the other, McConnell, but the other clowns, Cruz, the, Rubio, a yeah. lot of big shots in that party now and in the future are saying, hey, hold on. He may have something here.
16: The, and, of course, as you noted, this is all court cases looking for evidence, not evidence demanding court cases. And every one of these guys in the administration who don't speak up, Barr, Pompeo, oh, Chris, I want to be there. Remember what Jimmy Baker said? How do you know you're out of power in Washington when your limousine is yellow and your driver speaks Farsi? Oh, baby, I want to be there. I want to be there and watch Barr and Pompeo having to hail a cab. And that's what they fear. They fear their perks. And they are ready to sell out this country in order to preserve their perks, their fantasies about running for president one day, and their need for the endorsement of this incredibly...
8: just dis- Yeah, it is a matter of trust, CNN. And nobody trusts you. My, respite, my response, national nightmares over Trump kids are spawns. White men are racist. Not all punches are the same. Punchable face. Christians are evil. All whites are racist. Trump's illegitimate. Trump's, Trumpers are cultists and terrorists. Violent protests are peaceful. Do they really think anyone buys this? Does anybody think they buy this? And Ryan Saliza, to just get in here how stupid they are, he's a CNNer. Discouraging signs about Biden team and press access so far. No regular transition briefings, no readouts of calls of foreign leaders, which is against the Logan Act, and we're going to cover that in a second. Alex Thompson, pull Report today. No open press access to candidate and his people. This is a break with tradition. Cat named Lily. I love this lady. I don't know even know who the fuck she is. This claim about Joe Biden when the election is disputed. Help keep Twitter a place for reliable info. Find out more before sharing. Find out more. She copied and pasted the Twitter disclaimer on anything. I don't give a fuck what you say about this election. They're putting disputed on anybody that is quasi-conservative. Which makes you think... Maybe it was stolen. We've never had this. I'm sorry for blowing my nose, but uh, we've never had disclaimers. But they're just they have not stopped the. Are you sure you want to quote this? Did you read the story? And to show it's everywhere, because we have the big list coming in a second. Jake Tapper of CNN. I truly sympathize with those dealing with losing. It's not easy, but at a certain point, one has to think not only about what's best for the nation, but how any future employers might see your character defined during adversity. It's everywhere. My response to him as a disabled vet living on a pension, Go fuck yourself, fascist. How dare you threat doxing people for not being a partisan hack piece of shit like you. This is why the HGD TV beats your sorry fucking intellectually bereft ass. By the way, not a Trumper nor GOP. But this is fascism. People nuked him. I'm not going to read it. it. People just nuked him. And he wasn't done. Neither was Wallace from the last podcast. Wallace decided that Cruz is a Japanese soldier, and Tapper set off
14: some, some more sawed-off shit. Trump's refusal to acknowledge that he lost the election and his refusal to concede graciously was completely expected. That so many Republican officials to this day have yet to acknowledge President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris's is. Also, frankly, not a surprise. Neither Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell nor House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy have even issued statements congratulating Biden and Harris, much less reached out to them to offer to work together for the benefit of the American people. Again, not a shock. With very few notable exceptions, including Governor Hogan and Senator Romney, with whom we spoke earlier, Republican officials have been complicit in the indecent behavior the president has subjected the nation to for the last five years: the lies, the cruelty, the inadequate handling of the coronavirus pandemic, which has cost more than 237,000 lives in the United States—a number that continues to grow. They no longer have to behave this way, Republican leaders. But right now, many of them are either a) going along with this fiction that evidence of election fraud, or b). They're issuing mealy-mouthed statements about how the president has every right to seek his day in court for any legitimate claim, even though they know there are no legitimate claims. So why? After all, President Trump will be shown the door on January 20th, whether he concedes or not. Well, it's because he's not leaving American political life. As long as there is a Twitter and a right-wing media ecosystem... Donald Trump will have a voice. And as long as he has a voice, he will have influence with his tens of millions of supporters. And as long as he has influence with those supporters, Republicans who want to gain or to keep power will refuse to cross him. In his address to the nation last night, President-elect Biden did something I've never heard a president-elect do. He presented as his mandate the notion of compromise, the desire to work with, Republicans, the desire to heal divisions. This quality is actually one of the things about him that many progressives disdain. They think he's naive. Is he? Are Republicans going to accept his offer in good faith? Will they join Democrats, roll up their sleeves, and do everything they can to help this nation in pain? I don't know. The 70 million Trump voters, well, they need leadership, frankly. They need to have their concerns addressed and fought for. But right now, the majority of Republicans in Washington, they're not on planet Earth. They're with these guys. Do you know what this is? This is a press conference held by Rudy Giuliani and the rest of the president's legal team yesterday, making wild, completely unsubstantiated allegations about voter fraud. Now, originally, the president billed this press conference as taking place at the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown Philadelphia. But it actually ended up being held in the back of four seasons total landscaping, no relation to the hotel, very far from the center of Philadelphia, next to Fantasy Island adult books, across from the Delaware Valley Cremation Center in an industrial part of town, north of the Tacony palmyra Bridge. An obvious screw-up in booking, but they all played along, pretended that that was the master plan the whole time. That's what Republican lawmakers want to stick with. Good luck with that. Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. The news continues right now.
6: Well, for a few more days. Dana, uh, it would seem to me that Republicans on Capitol Hill have a role to play in this. A very few of them have said, "Look, you pursue your legal options, but uh, you know, damp down the rhetoric," like Mitt Romney, like Pat Toomey. Uh, there are a lot who are just silent, and then there are some, I mentioned Ted Cruz, uh, you know, who, who are like the Japanese soldiers who come out uh, 30 years after the end of the, uh, of the war and uh, out of the jungle and say, you know, is the fight still going on? What do you expect the mood to be inside uh, Senate Republicans, you know, as they begin to think perhaps their future is no longer so directly tied to Donald Trump?
7: well also remember the senate republicans were counted out um, it was expected that they would lose many of those competitive races and they did not and now there's two georgia runoffs that basically that's going to be their line is that we're the last line of defense between a joe biden america and divided government so they're going to try to fight for those uh... seats very hard down there in Georgia and also a lot of these senators, someone like a Senator Ted Cruz, right, he might want to run in 2024. Does he want to get crosswise with the president right now? I mean, he's, you could be one tweet away from oblivion in the Republican Party right now if you decided to do that. And I think that the um, Republican of the hour at the moment in the Senate is, of course, Mitch McConnell. And he is saying, let's just have some patience here and give him a few days and see how it turns out.
6: All right, panel. We have to take a break here. But when we return, excuse me. Democrats hang on to a narrow majority in the. I mean, fuck me, running.
8: Would that ever be satisfactory? Ever? Anybody? Can somebody help me on this? Could Could you get away with that? I, I just no, no, no. With periods of no, and no. Fucking no! And then up front, we have this 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 story, which I wasn't even shocked. But like the last podcast, I said is my thesis for my master's on mili- on a uh, fucking uh, media bias. MSDNC contributor John Meacham reportedly played undisclosed role writing Biden speeches, including first address. As president-elect, let me see. They got him talking. He he gave a our national nightmare is. I'm not playing it. Fuck it. We've already heard it. It's he has played. He has said horrible shit. Not only about Trump, but the country, and that if Trump won, the country was doomed. Democracy is doomed. MSDNC carts them out, NBC carts them out, and the entire time he was writing speeches for Biden. Are you surprised? No. CNN's been working for the Biden campaign the whole fucking time. Jake Tapper, Cuomo, Lemon, Cooper... Name any of those bimbos they got over there. Yeah, they're all there. MSDNC was, NBC, Stephanopoulos, fucking Chuck Todd was a fucking surrogate. The entire media complex, the New York Times and WAPO were just putting out communiques for the dear leader. So finding out Meacham wrote stuff, that doesn't surprise me. And I could play a soundbite, but I'm not going to. They're already talking about lockdowns. And this is the part of the story that just really just chaps my mother frickin' ballsack. The media didn't put anything out. They didn't talk about policies. They didn't talk about directions. They didn't talk about anything. They just said, orange man fucking bad, democracy, Nazi, fascist must go. And then here you have a Hillary Clinton acolyte. If I know Biden was open to lockdowns, as he now states, which is something historically unprecedented in any pandemic and a terrifying practice, one that won't ever end because elites love it, I would never have voted for him. That quote comes from Naomi Wolf. But he didn't have to say he just said, Trump's the virus. When we get rid of Trump, the virus will go away. And we have a bunch of COVID in our This is America. But I want you to know this morning when I was flipping through the TV out of DVR shows, America just hit 10 million cases of COVID. They could have 200,000 a day prepping for the big lockdown so the fascists can control you. H1N1, we had 61 million fucking cases under the Obama administration. 61 million. We didn't lock down. 50,000 people died. We never locked down. And those people died the same way. They died because they had pre-existing conditions. Now, our 200,000 plus deaths are all anything. You got hit by space junk, tested for COVID, it's a COVID death. CDC's already said only 6% of the deaths 6% which off my top of my head is about 13,000 deaths are covid related So we had 61 million and 40, 50, that was 50,000 H1N ones. We didn't shut down the country. We didn't blame the president, but it also wasn't an election year. Yeah. So I guess that's an excuse. Okay. That makes sense. You know, we didn't tell people they couldn't go to church anymore. People still can't go to church. They're still chasing Jews all over the fucking streets of New York city, but the block parties are going on because you know, Block parties, BLM protests, riots, those are COVID exclusionary zones. The, the the virus itself is anti-racist, so it doesn't even go there. Whereas you Jews, go fuck yourself. There's videos all over the place. Just look on Twitter, folks. And then you have Schumer. It's now been turned into an ad because he's now saying, they're going to change the world, and then he changes it to the U.S. for the camera. But... Somebody released it on both sides. It's an ad. Now we take
10: Georgia, and then we take save-
8: Understand this election that's coming up for the last two Senate seats are going to be the ugliest things you've ever seen. And it's all over the Internet that Democrats are already going to go down there and vote because Georgia, thanks to after Stacey Abrams and Republican Congress being stupid down there, they have the loosest laws for residency. It's like you just can go in and say, here's my residency and register. Most of these blue states are. There are people on the internet, lefties. I voted twenty-seven times because they have same-day registration. So they just went around and registered every place. You can't dispute it. It's freedom and shit. Guy, it's all over Twitter. This one guy is—he's proud of it. And is it disputed? No. No, there's no. You can't say this. This is wrong. No. No, because that's how they set up the laws. The left believes that if you actually ask somebody to prove who the fuck they are, that's voter suppression, because we as Americans shouldn't question somebody's ability to vote 27 fucking times. I want to read the Bethany Mandel again, because I still think this is the tweet of the century. It's really good. Brett Kavanaugh is a gang rapist. The president's a tool of the Russians. Tried to kill a bunch of fish in a koi pond. And also, he never committed voter fraud. How dare you accuse us of such things? I'm not saying there is, but you can't pretend four years of lie after lie after lie, meant to subvert POTUS at every single turn will not result with people believing you're capable of anything when it comes to keeping a second term away from him. Breaking the trust of the American people shamelessly and repeatedly has consequences. And it would have been nice for Democrats and the media to realize that in the lead up to the election that was already going to be razor thin. Yes, the president's going to fight every single close race and get his lawyers and double check results, as he damn well should. I trust nobody. That trust was stolen. This is the result. Four years of denying Donald Trump won the 2016 election fair and square. And now these same people are demanding Republicans accept results in multiple states despite clear irregularities and funny business. Nope. That's not how it works. Donald Trump didn't radicalize me. Democrats did. Reap what you sow. I add to that, you media people and you Democrats... Still haven't accepted the election. That's why 70% of Republicans believe the election was stolen. You built this, as Obama said. You set everything up that he was going to steal it. That's why you had to change all the laws. 80 law changes in the last six months. So you could steal an election and it all looks funny. Like, oh, you don't need postmarks. Oh, you can count until January. Well, if those are postmarked three days after the election, it's still good. Democracy. You built this. Ben Shapiro I'm sure the Democrats are looking forward to healing and reconciliation with the millions of Americans they think are racist, sexist, homophobic bigots. Or alternatively, they're lying and using unity to mean shut the hell up. And he's right. Federalists, the big loser of the 2020 election, was CNN. I totally agree with that. And then I was going to read it, I promise. But I'm just going to read the headline: "Sleepy campaign strategy mystery solved." Biden really, Biden didn't really campaign because he, or at least his handlers, knew the fix was in. I mean, I'll read the ending. Biden supporters from Mitt Romney and Bill Crystal down to Chuck Todd, Chris Wallace, and the unsung destroyers of Trump ballots the fabricators of Biden ballots, all girded their loins and prepared for a reprise at Trump at 16. They were ready. But here's what is surprising to them. So was Donald Trump. It's touch and go. But right now, any Demono Guy Fox Day 2020, I think that the president will prevail. That is to say, the legitimate ballots will be counted. The illegitimate ones will be discarded. And Donald Trump will be president for four more years. You're, you're dreaming. It's not happening. It's not happening. The head of voter fucking fraud resigned. That same person, understand, this is what I have the fucking problem. This is why I have fucking tinfoil, and sometimes I make it hats. The guy who resigned from the Justice Department because he was told to go investigate voter fraud, he was the same guy that investigated the IRS scandal under Obama and told us there was nothing there. There was nothing there, boys and girls stopping conservative groups from forming under 501c prior to election because, once again, they thought the American people was racist pieces of shit that weren't going to vote them in exponentially. He investigated it. Then you have this, just to set the table. Um, who the hell wrote this since I fucked this up? Ethios shines. President Trump won every state except for New York in in-person votes on election day. Head of RNC president and had well over 300 in electoral college at 4 a.m., 4 hours after election day was over. Now, do you see why they brought in China virus and mail-in ballots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do see why. AP reporter reminisces about witnessing four years ago the peaceful transition of power from Obama to Trump. Philip crowther four years ago today, I witnessed the start of a peaceful transition of power in the Oval Office. Four years ago in Oval Office, a pat on the back for President-elect from the President. Everybody on this thread just laughed at him. So was it a peaceful transfer as... Obama and company were investigating him for Russia stealing the election? $136,000 of bots took the election? That Obama? Because he was on it. He's linked in all the emails. Media don't want to talk about it because you don't talk about the dear leader. The fuck's wrong with you talking about the dear leader? That unity and peaceful power... Is that what we're talking about? Because you have to be a fucking libtard to believe that's true. This unity shit suck my dick. Crude, vulgar, shouldn't say it, but you can. Because there's been no unity. You started this. As stated, you Built that this election was going to be stolen by Trump. You put out that the, the election was the end of America if we didn't vote for fucking Biden. You cooked polls. You did about everything you could possibly do to rig an election. And then when it still didn't go your way, for the first time ever, we just stopped counting at special broken pipes and massive dumps of shit just th- came in. And because people were used to it, cause they stayed up till two o'clock in the morning last time, they saw it and now they question it, but you built it. You fucking built this. We're at a point in this country where you don't trust anything anymore because the media has made you not trust anything. You watched eight years of no reporting and then we find out everything after Obama leaves. You then pin the tail on the donkey, being Orange Man, for fucking shit on the border, kids in cages, and then you do some research and you find out they're fucking floating 2012 pictures. That Obama did it. And his DHS guy goes out and said, yeah, we did this. Because they didn't have a choice. Coyotes, which the left thinks are animals, but are actually human smugglers, are bringing other people's kids over. Who do we release them to? We can't release them to them. You made us believe the election could be stolen by some bots on Facebook. You made us believe that the president of the United States worked with Russia. It was all false. You made us believe the president of the United States worked with Ukraine. That was false. You fucking impeached him. And then we find out that Biden was doing it with his son. How many articles have been lies? Made up. Fabricated with witnesses you're huge fucking insider cabinet member fucking horse shit with some low life that never even was in the white house that just happened before the election and then you spent the last year trump can't win 17% polls nationally 10 Not to mention COVID, which you've used as an anvil to bash Trump while you're ignoring that the left said, go to Chinatown. That the left tried to stop his travel ban. That the left said nothing he's doing is good enough. I mean, our in America today is Mr. COVID himself. The greatest stopper of COVID, who had the highest body count and the most grandmas dead in fucking retirement homes, saying it's bad that Trump got the fucking vaccine, which was released after the election because Pfizer didn't even want Trump to win. So why would non-progs trust anything? Progs haven't trusted anything since Obama left office. But yeah, yeah, it's us. It's us. I'm going to steal some of my thunder because I put this whole podcast together and I had it sitting and then I watched Tucker Carlson and this is a long soundbite, but this will finish our a block and we'll come into the hate section and we'll start with how dare you count good votes. Who the fuck are you to count votes? But Tucker pretty much said what I was saying pretty much in the lineup, which really kind of freaked me the fuck out and it makes me look like I copied him, but for the record, no, I already had my shit put together. But if any time in our country, we need to investigate every fraud, every accusation, and get Americans to trust the system, it's now. Because the media and Democrats, you've broken
11: us. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. In case you haven't noticed, it's hard to trust anything you hear right now. We've heard you. We're grateful that you trust us, and we will try to be worthy of your trust. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. In case you haven't noticed, it's hard to trust anything you hear right now. We've heard you. We're grateful that you trust us, and we will try to be worthy of your trust. We want to begin tonight by assessing some of the things no doubt you have heard about last week's presidential election. There are conflicting versions of virtually every part of that story. But as of right now, here's what we think we know. For much of election night, Donald Trump seemed to be leading in a number of key swing states. Then, early Wednesday morning, he began to fall behind. That trend continued, more or less, for several days. On Saturday, the media declared Joe Biden the president-elect. Biden quickly accepted that judgment. The Biden campaign now has something called... That trend continued, more or less, for several days. On Saturday, the media declared Joe Biden the president-elect. Biden quickly accepted that judgment. The Biden campaign now has... That means we now live in a country where a large percentage of our population no longer believes that our democracy Tonight, tens of millions of Americans suspect this election was stolen from them. That means we now live in a country where a large percentage of our population no longer believes that our democracy is real. That is sad. It is also dangerous. It could easily get worse. What we're doing in response is hardly a solution. It is making our country much more volatile. It is setting us up for something bad. In a democracy, you cannot ignore honest questions from citizens. You're not allowed. You can't dismiss them out of hand much more volatile. It is setting us up for something bad. In a democracy, you cannot ignore honest questions from citizens. You're not allowed. You can't dismiss them out of hand as crazy or immoral for asking. You can't just cut away from coverage you don't like. You can't simply tell people to accept an outcome because force doesn't work in a democracy. That's dictatorship. In a free society, you have to convince the public of your legitimacy. You have to win them over with reason. Democracy is always a voluntary arrangement. Telling voters to shut up is never enough. So in this case, tonight, there's only one way to lower the national temperature and unite the country. We need to find out exactly what happened in this election. It's always a voluntary arrangement. Telling voters to shut up is never enough. So in this case, tonight, there's only one way to lower the national temperature and unite the country. We need to find out exactly what happened in this election. And there are questions, and that means we have to answer them. For example, in Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Michigan, the Trump campaign has now collected signed affidavits that attest to criminal activity during the voting process. In the city of Detroit, witnesses have alleged, under oath, that ballots were improperly backdated and counted without matching signatures. One poll watcher alleges that 40,000 late unsealed absentee ballots were counted orally and all of them went for Democrats. In the state of Nevada, eight whistleblowers from within the Nevada Election Department say they witnessed voter fraud abetted by other election officials and by their supervisors. According to one affidavit, a poll worker saw people bringing handfuls of ballots to a Biden-Harris campaign van. Those ballots were then filled out at the van, placed in return envelopes. Eventually, Biden's supporters formed a wall to block outsiders from seeing what they were doing. Meanwhile, according to voting records, people who were not even alive still somehow managed to vote on Tuesday. In New York, deceased voters cast absentee ballots. On October 9th in Nevada, a man called Fred Stokes Jr. mailed in his vote. The only problem was Fred Stokes Jr. died three years ago at the age of 92. The Republican Party of Nevada says it is aware of hundreds of other potential cases of dead people casting ballots. In Pennsylvania, records show turnout from several people who were born in the 19th century. They apparently rose from their graves to vote. Now, all of that is real. We spent all weekend checking it. False claims of fraud can be every bit as destructive as the fraud itself. So we need to be careful and responsible, all of us. But what we just told you is true, and there's more of it. Just hours ago, in the state of Georgia, an election official admitted that they will find illegal votes and double voters when they check the voter rolls.
17: Let me be perfectly clear on another point. We are going to find that people did illegally vote. That's going to happen. There are going to be double voters. There are going to be people who shouldn't, did not have the qualifications of a registered voter to vote in this state. That will be found. Is it 10,353? Unlikely. But every election, as I've said, I think every day at this podium, is imperfect.
11: We are going to find that people did illegally vote. That's going to happen. That is the official account, before even counting the votes, from a key swing state in the middle of a contested election. And of course you can believe it, because we've already found illegal voting. So much for those claims that voter fraud never happens. Of course it happens. They knew it happened when they told us it would never happen because they're liars. So we know that for sure. At this stage, the fraud that we can confirm does not seem to be enough to alter the election results. We should be honest and tell you that. Of course, that could change. But changing the election results is not the whole point. The real point is that fraud took place. And that should horrify us. If you want people to believe that our system is real, that our system is worth, say, joining the military and dying to protect, then you've got to get to the bottom of what just happened and you've got to do it as quickly and responsibly as you can. You can't have fraud in an election because no one will believe in elections and then things fall apart. But gathering facts is the last thing our media, our designated facts gatherers, seem to want to do. Instead, they're demanding that you shut up and accept Joe Biden. Period. That's their verdict. You must accept it. And if you don't accept it, they'll hurt you. In other words, no one in this country is going to set up a, quote, resistance to Joe Biden. They're going to make certain of that. Those resist stickers you remember? No. Those are for Range Rovers only. No pickup trucks allowed. Try it, buddy, and you'll find out. Overstatement? Well, this morning, a prominent anchor on CNN sent this tweet to Trump supporters. Quote, I truly sympathize with those dealing with losing. But at a certain point, one has to think not only about what's best for the day and peaceful transfer of power, but how any future employers might see your character defined during adversity. Got that? Your character is on trial here. Future employers take note. In other words, accept Joe Biden now or you will never work again. Do what CNN tells you to do or good luck feeding your family. Did the Sicilian mafia ever make threats that explicit? No, they didn't because they knew the FBI was listening. But in this case, the FBI is on board. And so, of course, is the entire media establishment. After Joe Biden claimed victory on Saturday, CNN released an ad commanding its viewers to accept Joe Biden as their lawful president and holy savior. If you don't let Joe Biden into your heart, there cannot be peace. Watch.
10: Our trust has been broken in our leaders, in our institutions, even with some of our friends. And we are hurting. Now more than ever, we need each other to listen, to learn from one another, to rebuild those bonds.
11: It's over. Now's the time to come together. Now's the time for healing, or else. So what exactly is this healing that they're looking forward to, that they're commanding you to participate in? Well, Michelle Obama's thought a lot about healing. In her message of unity, Michelle Obama wrote this, quote, let's remember that tens of millions of people voted for the status quo, even when it meant supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division, end quote. That's the unity message. Let's remember who disobeyed. Let's hurt them. Let's remember the people who voted for our political opponents. Sandy Cortez of Westchester didn't need to be reminded because she hadn't forgotten. Cortez asked this, quote, Is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? In the future? Is George Orwell writing her scripts? No, she's writing them herself. And the answer, of course, to that question, the question, is anyone keeping track of the Trump supporters who must be punished into perpetuity, The answer is yes, someone is keeping track. In fact, many people. Harry Savujin, the former National Press Secretary for the Democratic National Committee and former Pete Buttigieg staffer, was already hard at work on an online enemies list. He wrote this, quote, White House staff are starting to look for jobs. Employers considering them should know there are consequences for hiring anyone who helps Trump attack American values, end quote. Oh, American values, says the guy who's going full Soviet. Totally impervious to irony, these people. Corporate America, of course, was on board. Needless to say, they never left. They were always on the team. The Chamber of Commerce, the National Association of Manufacturers, Republican groups, right, along with CEOs from companies like United Airlines, Microsoft, Amazon, you name them. They already congratulated Joe Biden as the counting was still underway. And as they were doing that, The media were not hard at work verifying the integrity of the election, of the democracy they so deeply cherish. They weren't interviewing the poll workers who signed those affidavits we just told you about, which are real. Instead, here's what they're doing. How you feeling? Ah,
2: It's I, I almost can't talk right now because of the emotion. Everyone is welcome under this tent. We don't care who you are. We don't care if you voted for us or not. You're all part of this American experiment. It was, I was so overwhelmed to hear that. I don't care what people think, if they think I'm biased or not, I don't care. And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. That's all I can tell you. This is how I feel right now. I am so happy to have this platform to be able to do this. I may not have it after this, but I really don't
11: care. I am so happy. I don't care. Take it from someone who does this gig for a living. If you can't keep your emotions in check to think clearly, you are a child, go do something else. I don't care if people think I'm biased or not. There you go. And they really don't care because they don't need to because they won or claim they do. Like all hasty decisions, the one they're trying to force on us, we will regret it. Have you ever made a hasty decision you can live with long term? No. No, you haven't. The point isn't that we need to keep investigating until Donald Trump wins. That is not the point. The point is we need to find out what happened so that the rest of us believe the system is real. And to make that happen, Congress ought to investigate every meaningful claim of illegal voting. Every legitimate claim that is raised must be investigated. Would that become a circus? Of course. Would a congressional hearing on voter fraud descend inevitably into partisan posturing? What do you think? Yeah, it's guaranteed. But there's no choice. It's still worth it. An investigation like that, a federal investigation, would produce facts. And we need facts. Transparency is the key. Without it, there's no hope. Ever wonder why people on both sides are embracing conspiracy theories? Why do you think that's happening? And you can't just make them go away or shut down the websites. People reach for that. Why? Because they know the people telling the official story are lying, and they are lying. And the moment they try to get real answers from the people in charge, here's what happens.
18: All of you suck it up. Suck it up like we sucked it up. And if you are not sure that you are comfortable with Joe Biden, do what we did. Find things and then take it to the law. And if the law says it's something to look at, look at it. But from now on, suck it up. Grow the pear for him that he can't grow for himself. Cause this is ridiculous. You're not sure that he won. Uh, you bringing into question all these Americans who voted legally, came out and stood and voted. How dare you question it?
11: The unhappiest people in the world have all the power. And how dare you question it? How dare you ask why dead people are voting? How dare you question the decision desk, plebe? Who are you? Their contempt evident all along, is completely out in the open right now. If you won't admit that Joe Biden is the president, even though votes are still being counted, guess what you are. And you saw this coming, ladies and gentlemen. You're a racist.
19: More white people voted for Donald Trump in 2020 than they did in 2016. So the reckoning that we're experiencing as a nation, at least to my mind, shows us that race selfishness, greed, continue to threaten
11: the very life of our republic. Oh, of course. Racism, says the Princeton professor. Of course. Not a surprise. That's always the answer when they want to force you to be quiet. The question is, is there a shelf life on this? How long do the people in charge think they can continue making the same play again and again and again? How long can the most privileged people in our society, the Princeton professor, berate those beneath them into silence from their purchase on cable news? They probably imagine they can do it forever, but they're wrong. It can't last. Nothing this grotesque goes on forever. At some point it will end. We hope the system won't explode at that point, but that's where we're going. So what's the solution? How do we fix it? How do we bring the country together? How do we calm things down? How do, you wanna, how do we make an America you want to live in? And the only answer, the only solution, is honesty. Let's all stop lying. Lying about everything that matters. Every day of our lives. That's what we're doing now. Have you noticed? How many times did you lie today because you had to? Let's repeal our national dishonesty mandate. It's a law never codified, but still ruthlessly enforced. And tell the truth instead. That's our only hope. Tell the truth about everything. Declassify the documents. Note the obvious right in front of you. Get to the bottom of it all. Why shouldn't we do that? What we're doing now clearly isn't working. Enforced lying is making everyone paranoid and crazy. Truth cannot be worse than what we're living through now. One of the first things that we should be honest about is that the worst forms of election tampering took place far from polling sites. It wasn't votes from dead people. Those are bad. But they weren't the worst thing. The worst thing was more obvious than that. The worst thing was Silicon Valley. The tech monopolies spent the final weeks of the presidential election suppressing the voices of Trump supporters and hiding damaging information about his opponent, Joe Biden. That happened. We saw it firsthand. We experienced it. You may have too. In August, Facebook banned the pro-Trump super PAC committee to defend the president from buying any campaign advertising. What? What election has that happened in? None. Just a few weeks ago, as you well know, the New York Post published true and accurate details of the Biden family's lucrative overseas influence peddling operation, which was real, which Joe Biden knew about. Facebook, in turn, limited the distribution of this article and Twitter blocked people from posting. In other words, they censored it. They kept people from knowing about it. And on what basis? Nothing in those articles was untrue. But they censored it anyway along with any content that was critical of lockdowns and mandatory mask wearing. Why? Because Biden supported those. There are many threads to this. There's overwhelming evidence that happens. We'll just pick one piece. A report from Breitbart. They took a lot of time to look into what Google was doing to them. They found that Google suppressed its stories about Joe Biden in the middle of 2020 through Election Day. Suppressed them. Quote, Clicks and impressions to Breitbart News from Joe Biden Google searches displayed a healthy pattern of activity until the middle of 2020 when they suddenly flatlined. The plunge first occurred after a major update to Google's search algorithm in May 2020. Ask anybody in digital news, do searches for the names of candidates decline as we get closer to the election? No, probably not. In fact, they accelerate. But not if Google is censoring you, which is what they were doing. None of this is normal. It doesn't matter how often or how emphatically CNN encourages it, tells you it's fine, tells you it's necessary to suppress disinformation, it's totally wrong and it's crazy. Democracy cannot survive tampering like that. The Biden campaign knows exactly what happened. They know exactly the degree to which they benefited from it. And that's why they're rewarding their co-conspirators in big tech with even more power. Biden apparently has already hired Jessica Hertz, that's Facebook's former associate general counsel, as well as Cynthia Hogan, the former Apple vice president for government affairs. Oh, kind of an inside game? Yeah. Reportedly, Biden has also considered naming Eric Schmidt, the former top executive at Google and a big Biden donor, to his technology industry task force in the White House. This is not a matter of rewarding your supporters. It's much bigger than that, and it's of deep concern to every American. If we're going to have free and fair elections going forward, and we must, then we have to end Silicon Valley's total control over information. It's the first thing we must do. We can't have free and fair elections without doing that. If voters aren't allowed to learn critical facts about political candidates before they vote, you can't have a democracy. And, of course, that's why they're doing it. And then, at some point, we need to understand what happened to the polls. The polls this year were profoundly wrong. They're pretending otherwise done. They were fine! They weren't fine. They're lying to you when they tell you they were fine. They were measurably not fine. We could go on for an hour. Let's sum it up for you. Pollsters told us Republicans would lose seats in the House last week. They gained seats in the House. They told us Joe Biden would crush Donald Trump in the general election. He didn't. We're not alleging some formal conspiracy between pollsters, by the way, just so you know. We don't think they all went out to dinner together and rigged it. We assume that many pollsters made honest mistakes. Some of them are good people. On the other hand, and this is irrefutably true, nearly all of their mistakes helped Joe Biden. The final Real Clear Politics polling average had Joe Biden up 7.2% in the national popular vote. The final Quinnipiac poll said he was up 11%. Biden's current lead comes in at just over 3%. Those are big errors. Quinnipiac's polls weren't just wrong nationally. They were wrong all over the country. And bad polling has an effect, a big effect, at many levels. Here are a couple. In South Carolina, for example, Quinnipiac released three separate polls that showed Lindsey Graham was tied with the Democrat challenging him, a man called Jamie Harrison. On the basis of that, Harrison was able to raise over $100 million. That's the most ever for a Senate candidate. Huh. So Jamie Harrison or any of these other candidates went to donors in Los Angeles, New York the money centers for the Democratic Party, and said, look at these polls! We've got a shot! Boom, $100 million. $67 million for the Democrat who lost in the state of Maine. In South Carolina, Jamie Harrison lost the race by 10 points. It wasn't close. In Ohio, Quinnipiac's final poll showed Joe Biden up by four. Trump inverted it and won by a little over 4%. So none of these errors were limited to one polling outfit. Most of the polls were way off. Why does that matter? It's not just annoying, it's significant. Research shows that polls influence voting behavior. So effectively, all those errors amounted to voter suppression. And it's really clear why. When people believe that their candidate can't win, and that's what the polls told us, can't win, they're less likely to vote for that candidate, and much less likely to send him money. Would you want to be the guy sending money to a losing candidate? No, you wouldn't. And no one else would either. A study by researchers at McGill University and the University of Toronto found this, quote, Polls may lead people not to vote for a given party because that party is perceived to be unlikely to win. Yeah, didn't need researchers to tell us that. That's obvious. Maybe that's why they did it. We don't know. We should find out. And finally, another massive source of election, election interference that we should get to the bottom of came from our public health authorities and the politicians who run some of our biggest cities. This unfolded over months. We chronicled it in detail on this show. We'll continue to. But the bottom line is, they leveraged the coronavirus pandemic to move votes. They certainly leveraged the pandemic to change the way we vote in ways they knew would benefit them. They're almost willing to admit that now. In New York, the governor there, Andrew Cuomo, announced that politicians would be, quote, taking a new tone on coronavirus now that Joe Biden is the president-elect. In other words, the great orange emergency has passed now, and it's party time. Watch thousands of Joe Biden supporters, including Chuck Schumer himself, gather side-by-side literally sharing wine bottles in the streets. Suddenly, the deadly epidemic scares them not at all.
20: Now we take Georgia, and then we no. change the world.
10: Yes.
21: Yeah! I'm sorry, oh, can Now we take Georgia, and then we change America.
11: Yeah, and then we change America. We can go on tonight about what happened in last week's election, and in future shows, you know that we will. But for now, let's sum it up. Here's the point. We don't know how many votes were stolen on Tuesday night. We don't know anything about the software that many say was rigged. We don't know. We ought to find out. But here's what we do know. On a larger level, at the highest levels, actually... Our system isn't what we thought it was. It's not as fair as it should be. Not even close. Sorry, hate to say that. It's the milk bottles at the fair. They knew you were coming. They laughed at you when you left. We wish that wasn't true, but it is true. And you are not crazy for knowing it. You're right. After the break, Victor Davis hands.
22: Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reid.
18: Summer the
19: Speaking of putting country first, I want to go back to election night 2008. After Barack Obama defeated your husband, Senator McCain gave a very gracious concession speech. I want to listen to part of that.
20: I deeply admire and commend him for achieving. This is an historic election, and I recognize the special significance it has for African Americans and for the special pride that must be theirs tonight.
19: Senator McCain there. And he also mentioned that he'd called Obama to, c- to congratulate him. What do you expect and hope President Trump will do in this moment?
3: Well, I certainly hope that President Trump. Uh, works with grace and dignity and and in putting country first and helping to heal the divide by
23: conceding in a gracious manner. Uh, but people close to the president expect that he will eventually, in the coming days, come to accept if not uh, concede, accept his fate. Uh, It's more of a concession, uh, perhaps, that the election was stolen from him than he lost outright. They don't expect him ever to come out and to acknowledge he lost, but he will accept uh, a, a peaceful transfer of power. That's the full expectation from everybody I've talked to close to him.
6: Overnight, Joe Biden spoke, and I'm quoting here, he spoke of ending the grim era of demonization. You've covered Washington for many years. I don't want to out you about your age here, but uh, does that notion strike you as doable, ending the demonization? And if it does strike you as, as doable, exactly how would it be doable?
23: Well, I I do think that we are ready for a course correction, that that people are ready for a course correction, including uh, partisans on Capitol Hill. I I have to say, though, Dan, the initial signs are not all that promising. We haven't heard really any Republicans outside of Mitt Romney in Congress uh, come out and congratulate uh, Joe Biden. It's quite stark when you see some of the president's closest foreign allies, people like Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson come out, and congratulate Joe Biden, but nothing from somebody like Kevin McCarthy, who was actually, uh, a couple days ago, repeating some of those wild allegations about fraud. But Joe Biden has deep and and meaningful uh, friendships uh, with Republicans in Congress. And I think it begins that way. I think it begins by what what he said. He said in that speech, uh, we have to stop treating our opponents like enemies. They are not enemies. They are Americans. I think that's a start.
18: I just, I want to bring something up right now. I want to say to all those people who don't believe that Americans actually got out and voted, let me say this to you. When you know who was elected four years ago, you know, Hillary Clinton didn't say, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right, stop the count. She didn't say, this isn't right, I'm not going for it. She didn't say any of that. So all of you, suck it up suck it up like we sucked it up and if you are not sure that you're comfortable with Joe Biden do what we did find things and then take it to the law and if the law says it's something to look at look at it but from now on suck it up grow the pair for him that he can't grow for himself because this is ridiculous you're not sure that he won are you bringing into question All these Americans who voted legally came out and stood and voted. How dare you question?
24: So, uh, Willie, Wet doesn't make a lot of sense is for Donald Trump to know or or to have one challenge after another. He's going to lose every single challenge. There's not a challenge out there that he can win. And by the way, if you're in Georgia and you got two Senate races coming up and literally The future of American government rests on those two seats, because if they make jackasses out of themselves in Georgia and voters are turned off, then Democrats can win both of those seats and Democrats control Washington, D.C. So it doesn't make sense for them to keep, you know, driving the car off the cliff for Donald Trump because he's lost its over, Rupert Murdoch is saying it through the Wall Street Journal and through the New York Post. I mean, the Repo- world is. Saying it. The
4: more time Republicans spend on this, the more time they go down this path that has
12: no end to it is less time they're looking at those Senate seats in Georgia. There is
10: almost no, um, I don't, actually there is none, there is no evidence of voter fraud in these
24: cases. Mitch McConnell knows how to count votes. Mitch McConnell knows this election's over. He's concerned about winning those two Georgia seats, which yeah. he should win unless Republicans really foul things up. Mm-hmm. Over the next several weeks, which they could do, they could if they follow the madness of Donald Trump's
25: claims. It would claims. be traitorous, actually, to the process that our country has in place for a peaceful transition. The problem Trump has is number one, as Joe mentioned, this was the most transparent election in American history. Um, number two, the world is resoundingly confirming
8: these results, and that's a- the hypocrisy in there. Of that last soundbite of how dare you challenge this election is, it is almost earth shattering. I mean, really think about it. They never accepted Trump as their president, ever. They have their people so angry before we go into this ugly of how the left's acting while they're simultaneously calling for unity. There's a picture of Trump leaving the golf course. It was taken the week during the election or prior to the election. A woman with gray hair, she's white, is standing next to the presidential limo as it's driving. And she's flipping off the president. It was put out as just matter of fact. By the AP. Do I need to say what would have happened if you did that to Biden? A, you'd be doxxed. You'd lose your job. You'd be investigated by the Secret Service. But this is a daily occurrence. I mean, our violent left bumper, those are real people in there screaming, fuck you, why would you take a bullet for this guy? NBC News screenshot. Trump and his poll watchers showed America at its worst. Vote counters showed us at our best. Really? People with Biden-Harris masks and BLM masks counting votes? Yeah. Another one. This just came out yesterday. Facebook and Twitter are struggling to contain rising anger From Trump supporters online as a wave of momentum builds around the U.S. presidential claims that the election is being stolen. In the past 24 hours, Facebook has invoked emergency measures to make it harder for users to share posts that contain misleading information, which is any information about the election. It's not misleading. Try it. You'll see what happens. To remove such posts from people's news feeds and to restrict the circulation of poll-related live streams. But the week of the election, Maria Bach, I saw a child wearing a Trump 2020 mask at school today, and I wanted to literally burn him alive. Now, if you go back to like a September, October podcast, she tweeted the same thing. And it's just not her. That wasn't taken down. This isn't taken down. You can say those things. They're okay. And to further elaborate, even though it's in the end, I was talking to family. And I went to send a picture of fascists. Because we were talking about, what well, we're about to talk about, all the lists people are making. To dox, get people who worked with Trump not to get jobs. And Google auto-populates gifts in their messenger. The first gift for fascist. this machine fights fascism. And it's a mailbox, a blue mailbox, which made me to think prior to this election, they said Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes to win the election. But yeah, it's just the right. The right is questioning the election. The left never questions the election. Ever. They are the Americans. You're just a bunch of goddamn cretins. So we start with time. And you knew it was coming. It's time to heal, said the people surrounding teenagers on the National Mall and saying they had punchable faces, Red State says. Michael Calderon, the cover of time. This is Megyn Kelly's point. Healing means submitting over the loss of an election when we've seen very little, if not any, condition by people who smeared a teenager. I'm fine lowering the temperature, but not on a day after Biden was declared the winner. People on this team started making lists. And just last week, he said we were cretins and that the president of the United States was the virus, James Wood's. And just like that, the rioting and looting has ceased overnight, and now half the country that pummeled America like a battered wife is telling her to put on sunglasses, hide her black eye, be a good girl, and come together as one. Her answer? Go fuck yourself. What unity are they speaking of? Because Drew Holden sums it up. With Biden having been declared the winner for now, but the major new media outlets, I figured it would be a good time to share some of the people who've threatened retribution against Trump supporters. The list is long, much longer than I anticipated. It wouldn't be right not to start with Robert Reich, Truth and Reconciliation. You would think such an idea was roundly refuted, just one blue check going off the reservation. You would be wrong. Here's MSNBC's Chris Hayes, Saying the same thing. The most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people, if we survive this, is a truth and reconciliation. The list goes on. There are plenty of blue checks throwing the idea around. Here we have G.V. Engel and Trey Graham. Truth and reconciliation proceedings and tribunals for Trump admin officials who won't participate found to have lied. I need you all to take a moment and appreciate how utterly batshit this thread from Steve Schmidt is. We've read it. It is essential to understand that we are watching Joseph Rubatine Biden, a Delaware has been elected president of the United States. American democracy is under attack by a defeated president. He's not acting alone. His supporters are attacked by his wife, out staff, and campaign, and blah 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 blah. Once again, if you knew the vote was good, if you trusted the system, as you're saying. All the people on the right don't. Why would you fear recounts? Why would you fear challenges? You yourself, the media and Democrats, said you were challenging everything. Biden was prepared to not concede and challenge everything. That's what you put out. And you put it out as a democracy and shit. He continues. At least we know what hats they're wearing when they start rounding folks up. Jamie Lee Curtis P.A. and G.A. and many more states equal P.A.G.A. My friend Nicole coined this truth. Now the hard work of truth and reconciliation. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Quinn Cummings. Again, a truth and reconciliation commission would be useful right now. Russia is at war with us. Cohorts of America think that isn't true because their skin is white. No. Just like hands up, don't shoot. The FBI, which was anti-Trump, proved... There was no link between Russia and Trump winning. It was $136,000 of bots. He didn't do it. And it's proven it didn't change anything. Because that election was no different than this election. You either liked the candidate or you disliked. Which is a part of all this. Rounding up Trump supporters for the re-education camp. Most Trump supporters were like me. They're not supporters. They just knew Democrat one-party deal was really bad for America. So they voted against Biden. We had a lot of think pieces on the subject. Here we have, in these times, mag, But they were far from alone. This is an actual article on a liberal site. We need a truth and reconciliation process for the Trump era. NYC for the nation. We're going to need a truth and reconciliation commission to recover from Trump. History alone cannot hold Trump and his enablers accountable for the crimes they've committed. What crimes? And why does the left get away with this all the time? Under Bush, we were going to have war crimes. Under this, it's truth and reconciliation. For what? He put kids in cages. So did Obama. Are we going to perp walk Obama? I don't think so. Perhaps my favorite think piece comes from Will Bunch for the Philly Inquirer. Just normal stuff for a major publication. What brings us together in 21? Trump in jail or truth commission or something else? I will Bunch. I will Bunch newsletter. A national commission of truth and reconciliation. The idea behind such panel is to hold high profile hearings and aren't geared towards punishment, but exposing the truth of what has happened. ...to make sure these things never happen again. It surprised me precisely 0% that Salon History, David Perry, after Trump, we need truth commission. SB1 and conversation with, I shit you not, A. Vinman on Trump. The need for a truth and reconciliation commission and why he's worried about retribution and Trump's second term. Oh, wait a minute. But Biden was going to win by 90%. Why would they print that? The latest suggestion was the keeping of list from anyone who supported the president. And I'll cover this in a second because we're going to move to that now. Wilson Cruz. Before I block your racist, useless, xenophobic, homophobic, transphobic, ignorant, and misogynistic ass forever, Donald Trump, I need to say one last time, Go fuck your entire self. Get the fuck out of our house. Never was my president. He, boys and girls, is a gay guy playing a gay character on Star Wars, The Next Generation. But yeah, unity. We need unity. Then we had the Lincoln Project yesterday. This was taken down by Twitter, not for doxing, but for targeting, they said. The Lincoln Project. Here are two attorneys attempting to help Trump overturn the will of the Pennsylvania people. They list their names, phone numbers, and email, make them famous, and they put their picture online. Simultaneously, Red State's Lincoln Project believes they can resurrect the Republican Party using Michael Steele. I'm not going to cover that story. Because yesterday was a black eye for him. Ars Ghost, when he said losers, he was referring to the quality of the character of the Lincoln Project, not who they backed in the election. You've helped usher usher in rampant illegal immigration, higher taxes, higher gas prices, higher unemployment, and overreaching government. Congrats. You're real Republicans. Jennifer Rubin went online. I'm trying to get it to open. Well, why it's loading? Let's go back to Drew Holden. The latest suggestion was keeping lists for anyone who supported the president. A sitting member of Congress, AOC, demanded one. Is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets. And she wasn't alone in her demands. Of course, the Never Trump crew piled on for this one. Here we've got Jennifer Rubin Blogger and Evan McMullen. My supporting the latter is a stain I will never be able to wash off. Jennifer Rubin, any R now promoting a rejection of election or calling not to follow the will of the voters or making baseless allegations of fraud should never serve an office, join a corporate board, find a faculty position, or be accepted into polite society. Sound familiar? Because that's the same words they used when they said, get in your face and kick people out of the red hen. Another reason I'm really disappointed in America because the media didn't do it. Let's let's review what the left's done for four years. Nobody right now is going on TV. Well, the left never really accepted the election. Evan McMullen, we should keep and publish a list of everyone who assists Trump, frivolous and dangerous dangerous attacks on the election. Name and shame. Kirk Eichenwal, hypocrisy is not an issue in the Republican Party, is expected. Harry Savaji, you better believe we just launched the Trump Accountability Project to make sure anyone who took a paycheck to help Trump undermine America is held responsible for what they did. Caitlin Collins just reported White House staff are starting to look for jobs. Employers considering them should know there are consequences for hiring anyone who helped Trump attack American values, find out how at the Trump Accountability Project. You can't open it now. I think it's been taken down. Ah, here we go. Remember what they did. We must never forget those who furthered the Trump agenda. We should welcome in our fellow Americans with whom we differ politically. But those who took a paycheck from the Trump administration should not profit from their efforts to tear a democracy apart. The world should never forget those when faced with a decision, chose to put their money, their time, and their reputation behind separating children from their families, like Obama encouraging racism and anti-Semitism like New York City with COVID and negligently causing the unnecessary loss of life and economic devastation from our country's response to COVID pandemic. Just like H1N1 with 61 million cases, 50,000 deaths. Coming together starts with acknowledging the truth. These people wouldn't know the truth if it was sucking their ass. These individuals have shattered laws and norms that hurt our democracy, including right now, as they use the levers of government, DOJ, GSA, and state officials, to subvert the fundamentally underlying tenets that make America what it is, the peaceful transfer of power from the loser of an election to a winner. We should not allow the falling groups of people to profit from their experience. Those who elected him... Individuals who worked for Trump President campaign, Republican National Committee, affiliated organizations who contribute to undermining confidence in the American electoral process. Those who staffed his government. Individuals who worked as political appointees in the Trump administration and contributed to policies including family separation, blah, blah, blah. Those who funded him. Individuals who used their massive personal wealth and influence to bundle money for Trump. So let's see if they have their little list. They've taken the link down from the list. Yesterday there was a list. Now the list has been hidden. Drew Holden. There are apparently a bunch of blue checks involved in this one. Here's M. Simon replying to AOC in a very normal, totally not threatening all fashion. Yes, we are. The Trump accountability project. Every administration... Staffer, campaign staffer, bundler, lawyer, everyone. At the end of the day, I can't imagine these folks will be shipping conservatives off to gulag's I'm sorry, I can't imagine these folks will be shipping concerns off to gulags in a divided government much as they would like to. But it fundamentally cuts against the spirit of America to suggest someone should be punished for their political views. We're not some post-genocide society. The suggestion we need a truth and reconciliation commission is preposterous. And he just continues on. Chris Hayes down at the bottom. Um, Trump and GOP from Senate lawyer and leader down to loyal soldiers like Josh Holmes have already forgotten a shocking number of people and killed and are about to get more killed. Joe Lockhart, this is not meant to be mean or vindictive, but the people around Trump who have enabled him to bring our democracy to the brink have to be held responsible for what they've done. They can't be rewarded for what they did. But unity. Yeah. Unity. Come on. Let's let's just get all the just get behind Biden. I mean Ruben did another soundbite. We did one last podcast to burn it down. Burn it all the fuck down. And Hostin, from the view
18: went on yesterday. Make a list. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't want people to forget the people who continue to enable you-know-who. In a tweet asking, is anyone archiving the you-know-who sycophants when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? Do you foresee a decent probability of many deleted writings and tweets and photos in the future? Is she trying to make sure they are held accountable Or is she sort of advocating cancel culture?
0: You know, I think that Trump um, tear-gassed peaceful protesters for a photo op. Um, I think that Trump ripped children from their parents. I think that Trump called NFL players sons of bitches. I think that uh, for exercising their First Amendment rights. Um, And I think those people Mm -hmm. in his administration um, that not only drafted some of those policies, uh, but were complicit in, in those policies, shouldn't be forgotten. People like Kirsten Nielsen, people like Stephen Miller, people like Kellyanne Conway, people like uh, Vice President Pence, who uh, was woefully inadequate as, at his role of being the head of the Coronavirus Task Force, and people like Ben Carson uh, and Betsy DeVos. Um, I, I don't think that those people should uh, be able to profit from their experience uh, within the Trump administration. No, no. And I don't think that they should be forgotten. And I don't think that we should look the other way. I think we need to remember, because if you don't remember things, then past becomes prologue. And um, I do think mm-hmm. that people need to be held accountable for their actions. And um, I don't think it is you know. reminiscent of McCarthyism at all.
8: Not at all, not like McCarthyism. What are you crazy? We wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Tom Nichols, the same people who supported calls to boycott Curry, Goodyear, the NFL, and a zillion other companies and organizations, are now very, very upset about being mean to a law firm taking money to help overturn a U.S. election. That was his take on this. How many things have been boycotted under Trump? They tried to take out Goya, for fuck's sake. Goya for supporting Trump and then you go to CNN Tom Elliott just some journalists doing some journalism Trump defiance fueled by enablers like Barr McConnell Fox on the screen GOP senators who haven't Congratulated the dear leader. MSNBC. Republican officials refuse to congratulate President elect Biden. Sorry, the font was really bad. The national security impact of Trump denying, delaying a transition. All of a sudden, there's a national impact. When At this time of the election in 2016, boys and girls, because I got a memory, they were working the faithless electors. They were saying electors should not vote Trump in and he shouldn't get national security lists. That's what they were doing on CNN. But CNN
13: also said, hey, we need to make lists. And this morning, the president-elect of the United States is calling for unity and a collective effort to fight a raging pandemic.
5: This election is over. It's time to put aside the, pardon, the partisanship and the rhetoric that designed to demonize one another.
13: The response from the outgoing president? No. The response from the administration? Hell no. The response from Republican leaders in Congress? F no. It's not that unity isn't a priority for them. Unity seems to be the enemy. It will hurt the fundraising. It will hurt the base. It will hurt the one-off elections in Georgia. American security, democratic traditions, the moral fabric of the country, eh, those can wait, maybe forever. This morning, top Republicans, led by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, are backing President Trump's refusal to concede and trying to delegitimize President-elect Joe Biden's victory. Overnight, Attorney General William Barr shattered. Justice Department precedent and instructed federal prosecutors to investigate these bogus allegations of voting irregularities despite the fact that no real evidence has been presented this was a move deemed so craven by the top election crimes prosecutor in the Justice Department they resigned his post in protest overnight some Americans asking this morning why shouldn't we worry that there's a real effort to overturn the outcome of an election
3: If you're someone who likes evidence, then it is time to worry. The administration, the Trump administration, is blocking the Biden transition. President Trump is preventing President-elect Biden from getting intelligence briefings and critical funding. President Trump is installing his cronies into powerful positions like Secretary of Defense. The Biden team is now considering a legal fight.
23: Good morning. We're showing this uh, mural of Stacey Abrams because it seems timely. This is clearly Stacey Abrams' moment. In this recent election, a million more Georgians voted than four years ago. And voter registration on that scale is clearly a team sport. But the captain of that team is Stacey Abrams. Showing you this mural one more time. At the very top of the building, someone repainted it. You can see the names Ossoff and Warnock. They are the two Democratic candidates running for U.S. Senate who will uh, brace in next uh, January's uh, runoff election. Did Stacey
3: say anything about a possible position in the Biden administration? Because I've heard people say, what does Stacey Abrams want? Whatever the hell she wants, ambassadorship. Has she said anything
8: at all about that? I have to do that because because of Stacey Abrams meddling with the integrity of elections, Georgia flipped blue. And she in the media never accepted the results of the 2018 election. But you get the fuck on board. You shut your fucking deplorable mouth. Megyn Kelly, this was about a Joe Biden tweet. A nation united, a nation strengthened, a nation healed. The United States of America. She responds, written like a man who's been in a basement for a year. This is what John... Favreau did. You're pathetic. Her reply, you have zero understanding of the mood of 70 million Americans, which is now almost 72 million Americans who have been unfairly attacked relentlessly for four years as awful people just for supporting their president. Favreau. And you sound like Donald Trump spreading conspiracies about a basement. I thought you were supposed to be above that. Have been on the receiving end of them yourself. Guess not. Her reply. I'm calling them in like a CM, Same as you. He's out of touch if he thinks the election means unity, healing, and a nation in which his supporters have dismissed and continue to. Half the nation is evil for four years. Top D's are right now threatening anyone who enabled him. You go fix that, then get back with me. His reply. Joe Biden doesn't believe half the country's evil. I certainly don't. I do believe that the right-wing media figure like you rile up a lot of people and spread conspiracies. Her reply: I agree with you that Biden doesn't think that, but a large faction of his supporters and media, but I repeat myself, do. And I've been peddling that vitriol for four years. I know you're happy he won, but to pretend that this is now unity area is willfully blind of reality, her Tommy Vitor jumps in. Must have missed all the Megyn Kelly takes expressing empathy for the majority of Americans. And there we go, 2016. Then Matt Dowd. Maybe we should ask each other, how are we helping to heal the nation and get past the meaning, meanness and insults? Her reply, from anyone other than you, that might resonate. And then she got blocked. Because that's what he does. He blocks everyone. That's his thing. He just blocks people. I got blocked for just saying... That's untrue, Matt Dowd. That's not a true statement. Blocked me. Fucking Mr. fucking shitbird. Chuck Todd. Hey, that sounds pretty fucking crazy that you're literally supporting the terrorists. That's ridiculous. Block. John Cusack, nearly a third of America, are Nazis. Yeah, unity and shit. But for conservatives and people like me, who's a conservative independent and hate the prog fascism, it all started with Michelle Obama. She started it. I'm beyond thrilled that my friend Joe Biden and our first black Indian American woman, Indian American with a size seven pantsuit, Jesus Christ, everything's identity with them, are headed to the dignity, competence at the heart of the White House. Our country sorely needs it. Thank you to all you who poured every ounce of your hope and determination in the democracy for the past four years, registering voters, getting to polls, keeping people informed. More votes are cast in this election than ever. Um, then it comes into it. After we celebrate and we would all take a moment to exhale after everything has been through, let's remember that this is just a beginning. It's a first step. Voting is one election isn't a magic wand. Let's remember that tens... Of millions of people voted for the status quo. That's 72 million. Three point something less than you. Even when it's meant supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division. We've got a lot of work to do to reach out to these folks in the years ahead and connect with them on what unites us. Well, what does unite us, Michelle Obama? Probably not you telling me over and over That I'm a racist. And it was everywhere. The first night before the the fix was in, Adam Grant, a literal professor, deja vu, the sinking feeling of depression at realizing that half the country is willing to forego competence and character in the most important job on earth. That's what you guys said. I played sound bites on this show of what you said the first night. And what you said is, we're all going to hell. We're done. America's a racist cesspool of shitbirds. And it wasn't just online. Here is Darcy, ABC and CNN, shutting off notifications for Trump's Twitter. And just the day before yesterday nbc 72 million almost voters we're just all racists
26: i I watched for instance that new gingrich segment earlier today and he went on there and he peddled dangerous lies unsubstantiated claims about a rigged election and you know there was a brief second of pushback i think it was like one or two sentences um, from one of the hosts on there that does not sanitize what new gingrich just did on Fox's air, which is dangerous. It is downright dangerous. And on shows, the big shows, like Sean Hannity show, you don't see any of the hosts pushing back. He's encouraging. He is telling. He told his audience this past week, you should be angry. You should be angry. He is encouraging. He's fanning these flames. And look, Lachlan and Rupert Murdoch, if, if Suzanne Scott's not going to do it, maybe they should step in. But it is dangerous. Uh, You think Fox News has hit new lows, uh, new low after low, but then they drill down into the earth. They drill down into uh, the ground and find a new low. And it is uh, it is beyond reprehensible. I I don't know um, how to describe it. But if you watch it, uh, you understand that it it is it is just dangerous, dangerous stuff.
27: Evan Osnos, how will President-elect Biden navigate this information environment?
12: Well, it's interesting. Uh, The strategy that the Biden campaign has adopted, and I was beginning to hear about this in the planning stages, essentially even before Election Day, was, look, if it becomes clear that President-elect Biden has won this race, what they were going to say and they are saying is, look, the law is clear here. The vote counts are clear. The only source of confusion is coming from the outgoing president, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And what they did not want to do and so far have not participated in is being drawn into the invention of a dispute to say that there is one where one doesn't exist. They're moving ahead. Their plan is essentially to convey the sense of inevitability at this point and don't allow this to become stagecraft that serves Donald Trump's personal ego and his political purposes.
27: Right. Right. I, and I think that's the right strategy for the, for the Biden camp. I do think at the same time, we should all recognize that there is election denialism going on. There are crazy conspiracy theories out there being read by millions of people. Tens of millions of people are seeing this stuff on Fox News about voter fraud. And it is real. And election yeah. denialism is real. And it has to be called out, although I understand why the Biden campaign is trying to move past it. John Carl, ABC's chief White House correspondent. What can the press expect? What does the press expect from a Biden White House?
23: Well, first of all, I have a confession to make about the the, the Trump tweets. I have turned off the notifications on my phone for Trump tweets. I actually did that some time ago. Uh, They were simply... Same you know, they, they're less effective when there are so many and when they are, uh, you know, filled with so much disinformation. Uh, as I guess as I'll Biden just go ahead and do it
27: now, John. I guess I'm going to follow your lead okay, right now. Ahead. Just turn them off.
23: But in terms of the Biden administration, I mean, I thought that uh, you heard from his national campaign press secretary saying the media's job is to hold us accountable and i i think that it'll be interesting to see how they do that one symbol that i i think would be very powerful and very important is for the biden transition to begin immediately to hold regular press briefings they haven't done that as a campaign it should happen now and it's the media's job to show Uh, that we ask tough questions of whoever is in power. Uh, We've certainly done that uh, with Donald Trump. Now uh, it's it's certainly time to do it with President-elect Biden and, and eventually President Biden. And I think regular press briefings, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, Uh, you know, steps need to be taken uh, to be sure everything is done safely. We've done that actually at the White House. The safest place at the White House in terms of COVID-19 has been the press briefing room. Uh, You have not seen any reporter-to-reporter transmission of the virus. It's it's the one place that has not been a hotspot at the White House. We can have regular uh, press briefings, and they should start now with the Biden team.
19: Well, this is why I was saying that this is more like a paramilitary, political paramilitary yeah. insurgency. Phase 1 insurgency starts off with this gruntlement within a certain population, and then the support of terrorists or paramilitary the forces, the Fired yeah. Bath Party. You know, I have said this many times this week. We are looking at Baghdad, April, 20, <laughs> uh, April 2003 where the bath Party disappears after they all lose their jobs, right? and the, the, there is no Iraqi army anymore, and we think we've occupied this country. And then out of nowhere comes this low-grade insurgency. Granted, a lot of these guys are a bunch of rubes with rifles. okay? And this is why we fund SWAT teams, right? Mm-hmm. To handle people who are going to work outside of the law. But in their mind, and this goes to what Tristan was saying, they live in an alternate reality. Which has been crafted by their own propaganda, which has been using the social media distribution system to allow them to believe that their America is the We the People America of the Revolution. And I'm sorry, these guys think they're the sons of liberty. Oh, I know. I've seen people say we should actually, yeah, we should tar and feather people. Yeah. Let me tell you something about the 69 million people that voted for Donald Trump. I'm going to channel my inner Eddie Gloud and Jason Johnson. They have been on air saying this, these people have revealed themselves for the racist that they are, for the tribalist that they are, they don't care about e pluribus unum for many one, they care about, I got mine, and you know, you shouldn't get anything of, my, of yours. You think that's
28: every Trump voter?
19: Yeah, but unity,
8: I had a pro Biden. I'm not going to play a ABC, Biden is worse off than Lincoln. That's what they're saying. He's taking over a country worse off than Lincoln. And of course, the inference is it's the right who's starting the Civil War, not the left, who spent four years saying everybody's a racist, xenophobe, homophobe, transphobe. CNN ogles Biden seltzer jerk off all over press sec. Todd freaks out about Biden not being able to put in AOCs policies. Only one soundbite of anybody pushing back. I wish she was my governor. No. COVID
29: is rising in your state as well. Cases are up. Hospitalizations are up. Deaths are up. Are you prepared to work with President-elect Biden to get it under control?
25: Well, it is a regional increase that we're seeing. We are testing more. And frankly, George, I'm not going to take advice from Governor Cuomo. He has the second worst death rate per 100,000 people in this nation. He's at 173 deaths per 100,000 per capita. South Dakota's at 54. Uh, I appreciated that President Trump gave us the flexibility to do the right thing in our state, and we'll continue to do that. He let me do my job. Uh, But the other thing that I think is going on here, George, is that this is all premature. This is a premature conversation because we have not finished counting votes. There are states that have not been called. And Back in 2000, Al Gore was given his day in court. We should give President Trump his day in court. Let the process unfold because, George, we live in a republic. We are a government that gets its power from the consent of the governed. That is the people. They give their consent on Election Day. Election Day needs to be fair, honest, and transparent. And we need to be sure that we had an honest election before we decide who Gov- gets to Gov- be in the White House the next year. Governor Noem,
29: do you have any evidence that it wasn't an honest election? You had a tweet earlier this week saying it was rigged. Do you have any evidence at all of widespread fraud? I've spoken with Republican secretaries of state in Georgia. In Arizona, I've spoken to Republican officials across the country. They have come up with zero evidence of widespread fraud.
25: And that is not true. That is absolutely not true. People have signed legal documents, affidavits, stating that they saw illegal activities. And that is why we need to have this conversation in, in court. The New York Times itself said that there were clerical errors. No you look at what widespread in Michigan, fraud, Governor. That's uh, that We had different. computer glitches that changed Republican votes to Democrat votes. You look in Pennsylvania, dead people voted in Pennsylvania. So, George, I don't know how widespread it is. I don't know if it'll change the outcome of the election. But why is everybody so scared just to have a fair election and find out? Uh, We gave Al Gore 37 days to run the process before we decided who was going to be president. Why would we not afford the 70 0.6 0.6 million Americans that voted for President Trump the Governor, same consideration. If Joe, Biden, if Joe Biden really wants to unify this country, he would wait and make sure that we can prove we had a fair election.
29: Governor Nome, Al Gore was behind by about 500 votes in mm-hmm. one state, Florida. Joe Biden is ahead in all and the close states more by multiple parts. We ten, have today. Ten, 10,000 votes in Georgia, 27,000 votes in Nevada, almost 20,000 votes in Arizona, more than 30,000 votes in Pennsylvania. That is not close. That is not within the margin that, that elections are usually turned around on.
25: And many, many more states are in play this time around. And that's what I think is interesting, is this declaration from some individuals saying it was an overwhelming victory for Joe Biden. It simply wasn't because you have so many of these states that are still in play. All I'm asking for, George, is that we don't break this country. When you break the process on which we elect our leaders, you will break America forever. So this isn't just about this election. This is about every election in the future. And the fact that the American people, the everyday people who get up and work hard, that are suffering through this pandemic, that have tragically lost family members, that they need to know at least, at least America still functions and we care about doing things right.
29: It starts with providing evidence. You still have not provided that, but I'm afraid we're out of time today. Governor Nome. thanks for your time.
8: And before we get into... um... The fraud section, once again, for the last time. Let me type it in. Right now, as of last night, they have flipped Arizona back because it depends where you go, but CNN pulled it back because literally... It's too close. It it was exactly what they said it was going to be. North Carolina should be called, but they won't get the electoral votes to him. Arizona should be called, but they won't give him electoral votes because they don't want anything to happen. Tom Tillis is the senator, so some are counting 49 right now. Let me see if I can get... ABC was doing it right, which really kind of surprised me. Um... Let's go Senate. Yeah, see, uh, you go to Google, they won't update. But there are 49 Republicans now because Tom Tillis leads. But the guy conceded, so he's got it. And the Alaska one isn't even close. They're both at over 60%, but they won't call it because they want to keep people pumped up for this thing because if Alaska calls... That's 50. So we're 50, 46, and two, with two left. But they won't call it. They just refuse to call it. Let me see if I can find the Alaska. Have they called Alaska? Maybe they have. I can't see it. Right now, Tom Tillis leaves runoff election. Maybe they called it. But that should put us at 49. The House is now 201, and some it's higher. They've already called them. So like two California districts, the ones they're showing, one, two, three, four, five, five, of the remaining uncalled races, Republicans are leading. Like, one is District 22 in, in New York, 100% reporting, and they won't call the Republican. Which, I don't know how that's possible. So technically, it looks like the GOP will have 206 seats in the Senate. And let me find out Alaska. election results, 2020, because I wanted to see if it changed. They haven't called anything in right now. Trump's ahead, uh, 60 to 38. Uh, and the Senate, Dan Sullivan is ahead 60 to 36, but they won't call him. So that is one more Senate seat. Pretty much for the Republicans. So they should end up with uh, 50. 50 seats in the Senate. And all they got to do is get one of the Republicans in Georgia. And they have the majority. So I'm feeling a lot better about the Senate. And with the House, Jiminy Crickets. 206 seats. That's pretty impressive. They weren't supposed to win anything. Which is why I talked about it. Before I come into here, because if you really want to break it down, folks, how in the name of Zeus's ass cracked did the GOP pick up so many Senate seats and House seats and they did it in states where Biden is winning in the swing states? Part of it, and why I will cover the fraud, is the software.
5: Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did did it for our administ- the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.
1: Legal team, as you've been hearing this morning, are preparing for all-out war, beginning with a slew of new lawsuits this week, beginning with one in Pennsylvania tomorrow, along with what our next guest says is evidence of voter fraud. Sydney Powell is General Michael Flynn's attorney. She is fighting on the front lines of this battle as part of the president's legal team. Sidney, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Can you walk us through what has taken place here as you see it?
30: Yes, there has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from we the people of the United States of America to delegitimize and destroy votes for Donald Trump, to manufacture votes for Joe Biden. They have done it in every way imaginable, from having dead people vote in massive numbers to absolutely fraudulently comp- uh, creating ballots that exist only voting for Biden. We've identified at least 450,000 ballots in the key states that miraculously only have a mark for Joe Biden on them and no other candidate. If you look at Florida, where things were done right, you can see that that's how the rest of the country should have gone. But they also used an algorithm to calculate the votes they would need to flip. And they used the computers to flip those votes from Biden. I mean, from Trump to Biden, and from other Republican candidates to their competitors. Also, I think Doug Collins had the race stolen from him. I think uh, John James had his race stolen from him. It wasn't just President Trump. There were many people affected by this. We have got to fight tooth and nail in federal court to expose this abject fraud and the conspiracy behind it and get a recount and audits in every place it's needed, which is, frankly, most of the country.
1: So, there are recounts going on right now. We know that in Georgia. You have a list of numbers of ballots with only Joe Biden on the ticket. You say it's 98,000 ballots in Pennsylvania, 80 to 90,000 in Georgia, another 42,000 in Arizona, 69 to 115,000 in Michigan, and 62,000 in Wisconsin. Sidney, if this is true, this appears systemic. Where is the Department of Justice? Where is the AG Bill Barr? If this is so obvious, then why aren't we seeing massive government investigations?
30: I don't know. We definitely should be. I mean, we're getting reports of all kinds of fraud. We've got a, getting an affidavit from a postal worker now who talks about having been ordered to backdate ballots. No ballots received after the polls closed on voting day should even be counted. We've got multiple states that didn't even follow the rules of their own legislature. That's a federal constitutional issue. There are at least three major federal issues here that will require the Supreme Court to resolve these this case. And when the okay. votes are really audited and the real votes are counted, Trump will win. He is the president and he is in charge of this country.
1: Sydney, I want to ask you about these algorithms and the Dominion software. I understand Nancy Pelosi has an interest in this company. Let's take a break. We'll come back with that. I'm talking with Sydney Powell this morning on her legal strategy. Stay with us.
31: Hi, guys. Um, just to let you know, I've been given consent this morning to tell you something uh, that I've had to keep very, very quiet because uh, I signed an NDA about this. And uh I can, I can confirm 100% that the blockchain technology was used for the voting on this election alongside the conventional voting system. And Donald Trump won by a, a complete landslide. Um, I mean, the, the figures are off the scale. He has all of the hard evidence. This was a, st- a sting operation rather than a, a vote. Uh, but I can now tell you that uh, the QFS, the uh, quantum financial system was actually used, the quantum voting system was actually used for this election. Um, So we we actually know the true result and we know the ones that the Democrats tried to twist. So for those people that doubted it, we now have hard evidence. And uh, over the next few days, there'll be a number of arrests and a number of indictments and a lot of things that are happening, but I can tell you 100% that the QFS, quantum financial system was actually used for this election alongside the old system. So brilliant news, and Donald Trump won by a landslide.
20: General McInerney, uh, thank you for joining us on uh, War and Pandemic. You've got some breaking news we've got to talk about. It's one of the reasons we have Sidney Powell over here today, something very disturbing. There's been a site called America, the American Report. that has got a woman named Mary Fanning's done some incredible reporting, particularly about a, uh, a guy named Dennis Montgomery. What is it? Uh, this this thing that's going around about this, this project or this system called Hammer? Explain to our audience uh, w- w- what this is and, and why it's why it should be of such concern to people in this current situation that we're in.
32: Uh, yes, I will, Steve. <clears throat> the fact is, is that Hammer is a what we call a SIGINT, a signals intelligence program that the uh, NSA came up with years ago. The uh, CIA picked it up under the Obama administration, and I broke it in April and March of 2017 about what they were doing on the Russian hopes. <clears throat> but the fact is, the Obama administration took this system, and they put in an application in this SIGINT program called Scorecard. And Scorecard changes both. At a certain point in the voting stream, and if I can, and by the way, uh, the Obama administration used it in the 2012 election in Florida. And so both Obama and Biden are very familiar with this. Now, I've got to make a quote. Okay. Here. Okay.
20: Yeah.
32: And it's, it's important that we all understand it. It's by Joseph Stalin. I consider it completely unimportant who in the party will vote or how. But what is extraordinarily important is this. Who will count the votes? Now, Steve, we have a desperate Democratic Party that will do anything to bring the country to a totalitarian state and as far left as they want. They used it in the primaries, and uh, Bernie lost to Biden because they used it in the primaries. So it is ready to go. I just found out about this yesterday. Sydney has played a very important role in assisting me and and Mary Fanning and Alan Jones and trying to get the word out so the American people know all this enthusiasm you're talking about in Pennsylvania gets changed very quickly with this software program that switches 3% of the vote. Okay, That's okay. What, okay hang,
20: hang over a second. Yeah. Hang, yeah, hang, hang over a second, General McInerney, I want you to give just quickly your bona fides. Get, get talk just briefly. Give me a minute for the audience on your career.
32: Okay, thirty-five years in the Air Force. I ended up the number three man in the Air Force uh, in the headquarters. I had four tours in Vietnam. I commanded the raid on Tripoli in nineteen eighty-six. We attacked Tripoli from uh, my headquarters in England. Uh, I was then the Vice Commander-in-Chief of U.S. Air Force of Europe, and then the Commander of Alaskan Command and Alaska NORAD region. Uh, so I had a very extensive operational uh, career, and uh, I'm in the cloud business now, and that's why I'm so intimately familiar with what hammer and scorecard can do, and nobody knows it. Nobody okay, knows
20: Okay, now, it. I w- also, you're one of the most revered, Officers in the U.S. Air Force, an unbelievable career. I want to go to Hammer. Hammer was the single most important and the single most sophisticated, basically, system that came up after 9-11 for really intelligence or counterintelligence about radical Islamic jihad and the ability to monitor that. Is that, is that how the beginning of this started? It was a foreign surveillance system that allowed uh the the, the the national security and intelligence apparatus to watch our enemies. Is that is that how this thing started?
32: That's how it started, Steve. Very sophisticated. Very, very capable. And and the fact yeah, you- that it was then adopted with the software packages like on your iPhone, to the voting business. And it was to be used and it was used in foreign countries. And so it was then moved over into the CIA, and they started looking at U.S. citizens. That is illegal. The CIA cannot look at U.S. citizens, and only the FBI with the proper FISA warrants, et cetera. Sydney knows all about this. You know all about this, and it is extremely important that this that this was taken out of the CIA when the Obama administration left. They used some. Kabuki to get it out. They still have it up and running. We know where it is located. We know it's active tonight. It's active. They've been looking at a whole host of things, as has the DNC, using false IPs. And they are looking around, and they are trying to set up this voting thing uh, that happens on Tuesday night. It's going to look good for President Trump, but they're going to change. And that's the danger that America and everybody must realize.
20: Uh, I just want to mention, we've got about two minutes here. In the next segment, uh, Sydney and I are going to drill down on this a little bit more, and we're going to talk about some polling and other things, but hopefully get you back before the end. Uh, Dennis Montgomery. The last time the audience heard about Dennis Montgomery, he was being uh, rounded up at his house. He had 47 hard drives I think he had taken from from, uh, Fort Meade. How does Dennis Montgomery fit into this story?
32: He's a genius, and he loves America. Dennis invented him. Dennis invented Scorecard. He's the programmer that made all this happen, and he's on our side. At great personal risk, as well as he hasn't benefited financially from it. Uh, He is an absolute genius. And so he's extremely important to what's going on. It would have happened in 2016, Steve, except something happened to it that night when the Obama crowd and the Democrats tried to use it. I can't talk about that.
20: Dennis Montgomery is like the character uh, Nash in Beautiful Mind. I mean, this is one of the smartest programmers ever. He wrote this incredibly sophisticated program and, it, and that's why this event in August of 2015, when he was basically gathered up and he had the 47 hard drives. Heck, we got one hard drive from Hunter, and we're still going through information. Um, he did this, as we now know, he, he did this to essentially save his country and expose what's going on. What was he trying to expose? And what should the American people know today on the eve of this election that – 250 flag officers sent a, a letter to President Trump, said it's the most important, including my old boss, Tom Hayward, who said it's the most important election in the history of the republic. What is, what is Montgomery trying to tell us? What is the message we need to hear today?
32: Well, he's telling us right now, Steve, that we are on the verge of being compromised through cyber warfare of which he is a master of, the most brilliant person in our country, on cyber warfare. And they have used this. They moved it from the intelligence, a very highly secure program, and they've moved it from there over to political treachery. And that's what it is. When they moved it out of the CIA, they moved it for their political use as they have politicized the intelligence community as we saw in the Russian hopes, and what they've done to General Flynn. All these things are in this force that you and Sydney have been talking about that want to change America from what it is. It goes back to the Electoral College, to the Supreme Court. All these things are bundled to change America from being a de- democratic republic to a totalitarian regime. That means a socialist country which the next step is communism and that's why there can be no agreement between this democratic party and the republican party one choice is freedom one choice is communism
30: it's that simple
20: you're going to be able to stop hammer and scorecard
30: Uh, we intend to stop hammer and scorecard this software once again is some sketchy fucking
8: shit and if the inverse because this is how we do this every time and for the last time If the opposite was true. When once again we were told that Joe that Donald Trump was gonna steal the election. He was gonna steal it. We wouldn't have a good election because Donald Trump is crooked as fuck. That's what we were told. Would the media be different right now? I- I'm saying a big yes. I just I just am. And then you have whistleblowers. It's a lot, but I think it's worth the listen.
27: This is a long-time Here's a young woman who has been here since the beginning. So... Why, are you, why do you think this is so special? Why do you guys have this Well,
0: for me, it's really special because now we have the first black
15: Asian female president in office, elected, and Joe Biden was able to steal. Steal now. He was able to
22: win. <laughs> Sorry. I thought we had a new story here. No
28: correct their ballots. so we got one lawsuit on that front in just the last hour in nevada an election worker whose job was to process mail-in ballots says he witnessed irregularities in counting those ballots and was told by a supervisor whom he names to put through ballots he believed needed signature verification without that verification first being done he says he was also told to ignore discrepancies with addresses that worker has sworn out an affidavit which has been sent to the Department of Justice here in Washington. A Trump campaign attorney says of that, quote, The affidavit makes clear that we're not dealing with oversights or sloppiness. This was intentional criminal conduct. Uh, Turning now very quickly to the president of Judicial Watch, Tom Fenton. Uh, He's joining us, and I want to get your sense of the level of corruption that we're seeing Uh, the irregularities and the absence of the Department of Justice and any significant
17: or at least uh, obvious role here, Tom? Well, it's astonishing, but nevertheless not surprising. It was entirely predictable. We've been talking about it on your program for months. I testified to Congress about it, that this vote-by-mail scheme was going to lead to chaos. Uh, Federal law, 3 U.S.C. section 1, says the states shall select their electors for president and vice president on Tuesday, election day, and it hasn't happened, and no one's been in court to enforce that law. Instead, we have, frankly, the campaign uh, arguing, you know, for a better seat to watch the three-card money game in which they're the mark. They're not going to win. Yeah, this is
28: a... There's also a federal requirement, uh, and I think uh, that's what you're referring to. Uh, I'm not good with those fancy legal numbers, but I do know that we're supposed to have a uniform federal election day that has been, uh, it's it's a Frankenstein of early voting, mail-in ballots, all, all sorts of deadlines and time in which to count, which means that one day has now grown into months and confusion reigns. Uh, also, as the president has pointed out from the very beginning, it's uh, just simply a foundation for the greatest corruption of the electoral process in our country's history.
17: Uh, there's been nothing, do you there's think been the nothing like this. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry.
28: Right. And do you, there's been nothing know, like this. I'm like just going to ask you straight,
17: Yeah. Yeah. There, five, I, five I'm not quite six, sure five, how we states, got here. Five, six states counting ballots days after the election. That necessarily suggests misconduct. That necessarily suggests something improper is going on. And if I, you know, I take the position, based on what the law says, is that you figure out who won on Election Day. We know the president won Michigan on Election Day. We know he won Wisconsin on Election Day, and Pennsylvania, and Georgia, and North Carolina. We know. And so that result should be protected. Instead, it's been changed as a result of that counting that goes on past the statutory deadline. And if the courts don't come in and fix it, there's opportunities, obviously, for Congress in the end to decide whether or not they're going to bless this process that we're seeing in Pennsylvania, a slow motion overturning of the lawful election result.
28: Do you, Harmeet Dillon, with whom we just spoke, who's doing a terrific job fighting for this president, fighting for a free and fair election, Uh, talking earlier about she hopes the Supreme Court will do its job. Are you hopeful that the Supreme Court, which has already demurred when it could have uh, removed some of the ambiguity and the uh, vulnerability to corruption in Pennsylvania, uh, do you think they will have the guts and the principle to act this time?
17: The question is, what are they going to be asked to do? Are they going to be asked to do something that's going to restore the election result that I think is lawful here, uh, that the president actually won on election day, at least according to the numbers that were being released by the states? Are they going to ask that states? Nothing be, less
28: would nothing less would be restorative,
17: or or because a state right? is so out out of out of bounds in terms of the processes that that state has to redo the presidential election. Those are the options. Anything short of that. You know, they're just arguing over over legal niceties. Uh, you know, right now the right. campaign is fighting to watch the Tom, fraud take place, and there's no there's no there's nothing in place to stop it from continuing. In terms, the vote counting Tom, is the let's
28: damaging hope that, activity. Tom, let's hope that that isn't the uh, this resolution, because it would be disastrous. One
9: of the things that I think we and and um, other media need to start doing is preparing. Um, the American people, that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks um, to make sure that all the votes are counted.
33: Even if President Trump wins by a large margin, Democratic strategists and their allies are saying that Americans should wait.
14: We believe that on election night, we are going to see Donald Trump in a stronger position than the reality actually is.
33: They claim that mail-in ballots, once counted, will show that Joe Biden really won and he should not concede
24: the race.
3: You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is.
12: We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate.
33: Additionally, the establishment left and their socialist allies are irresponsibly warning that President Trump will not concede if he loses to Democrat Joe Biden and would even provoke violence.
20: Let me
25: ask you, you just said that you've believe that the president is rooting for the violence. You think the president of the United States is rooting for the violence because he thinks it helps him politically?
5: I think he views it as a political benefit. He just keep pouring fuel on the fire. He's encouraging this. He's not diminishing it at all. Between November 3rd and January
23: 20th, I could imagine him doing all sorts of uh, very, very
12: violent and aggressive things uh, in order to, again, I I don't
19: wanna say to um, Quell violence, I would say, to provoke violence, to trigger violence.
33: Do not allow the radical left to drag out the election results. Vote in person. Work the polls. Hold the media accountable to report the election results as they come in on election night.
8: then we have McKinney herself who's being censored online nobody will play her and a guy who went through the 138
11: Andy, all right kelly let's start with you explain what those percentages mean and explain you're in the process of getting these affidavits you have for example you brought a pile of them with you tonight
7: That's right, I did, Sean. Uh, We keep hearing the drumbeat of where is the evidence? Right here, Sean, 234 pages of sworn affidavits. These are real people, real allegations, signed with notaries who are alleging the following, among other contentions. They are alleging, this is one county, Wayne County, Michigan. They are saying that there was a batch of ballots where 60% had the same signature. They are saying that 35 ballots uh, had no voter record, but they were counted anyway, that 50 ballots were run multiple times through a tabulation machine uh, that one woman said her son was deceased but nevertheless somehow voted. Uh, These are one of many, many allegations in one county, in a county no less, where a poll watchers were in many cases threatened with racial harassment. Uh, they were pushed out of the way and Democrat challengers were handing out documents, how to distract GOP challengers. These are real and anyone who cares about transparency and the integrity of the system should want this to pursue to the discovery phase.
34: So let's jump right into Michigan and everyone's waiting for this. I hope uh, you enjoy this and we'll have Q and a general uh, help us with that. So in Michigan, there's around 86 counties, and what was analyzed here was a the twen- top four counties were analyzed oakland county McCobe county kent county and wayne county by the way all the data we're looking at there's two sets of data the early voting data and then the uh the voting data on election day in some cases in kent county and wayne county we combine them but so there's two sets of data so let's proceed now, the executive summary, this is what you're going to get out of this. So if you need to leave right now and you are got to run off to do something, the conclusion of this, um, which we like to present up front, is that there are three, ma- in the three major counties that were analyzed out of the four, Trump's margin was reduced by a minimum of 138,000 votes. I'll repeat that. President Trump's margin was reduced by a minimum of 138,000 votes. So what that means is Trump's total vote total was decreased by 69,000 and Biden's vote total was increased by 69,000. In short, 69,000 votes were transferred from Trump to Biden in these counties. You uh, know, And they varied across those counties, but a total of 69 counties. The other piece is this quote unquote transfer was done by a computer algorithm that linearly transferred. What that means, um, it transferred votes in a uh, proportional basis, for example, the more votes uh, got transferred from Trump to Biden, Interesting enough, a- as you went to uh, precincts that increased in Republicanism, which means there were more Republicans in that precinct. So basically, uh, and we'll show you, the, so, this, so the vote transfer really occurs more in Republican-based precincts and less in non-Republican-based precincts.
8: And once again, from the aspect of this was the shoe on the other foot, Here is a soundbite, a swing state voter saying Biden more likely to protest the election, a Denver poll worker, a Detroit poll worker, fraud in PA, and another whistleblower saying he was grilled by federal people trying to place in his head what he remembered wasn't right.
22: I'm Jasmine Walk with Campus Reform. Happy Election Day. We're here in the key battleground state of Pennsylvania. Many in the greater Philadelphia area are unsettled over the death of Walter Wallace, and they're taking that frustration to the polls. But do voters expect violence if things don't go their way? And from which side? Let's find out. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, God. I really personally hope that Joe Biden takes it. I think Biden, barely. Okay. Very,
35: like, a little bit. Joe Biden, I don't really see as being unable to lose at this point. Who
22: do you expect to win?
35: I expect Donald Trump to win. I think it could go either way.
22: And what do you think the reaction from the right is going to be if Trump loses?
35: They're going to be really salty. That's really about it. They'll just uh, keep their heads down and vote again next time around. If Trump loses, I don't know. It, It
11: really, I think it would depend on if there was like fraudulent... If they found fraudulent, because they're, they, they're almost like run a case, either side will run a case.
22: What do you think the reaction from the right is going to be if Trump loses? Oh, God. I'm
1: really scared if Trump loses, um, that the right is going to try to take over everything. <laughs>
22: I just hope that it's a civil uh, handoff.
1: I don't think it's going to be good. Um, it's a scary time right now with everything going on. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, hate out there and a lot of anger.
35: I think the right's gonna come out in force uh, for the president. Fingers crossed that it's just calm. We need everybody to stay calm.
22: What do you think the reaction from the left is gonna be if Biden loses?
35: Uh, riots. I think there'll be more riots. At this point, Like everyone is bracing for a Biden victory, so I think like the backlash would be even more severe.
13: I feel like the left feels stronger about it, but at the end of the day, I think people will like come to terms with the election after a month or two.
31: People are going
22: to be upset. Uh, people are going to be hurt. Whatever way they choose to take out their uh, their emotions is their choice.
1: The majority of the left will 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 be sad and will angry. There's going to be you know a select few that are going to be crazy and and do crazy stuff. But I think the majority will accept it, um, just like we did four years ago.
11: I think either way. If left or right wins, there's going to be kind of chaos in the cities. You
1: know, the difference between the left and the right is huge in that I, I think the left will concede much more peacefully than the right would. Do you think there's going to be more protests if Biden
22: loses or if Trump loses?
11: If Biden loses, I think there would be more protests.
22: I, mean, I did see this map on Twitter this morning where it was protest planned if Trump wins yeah. and people boarding up as if it's like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So what would be your reaction to that? Um, it makes sense. A lot of people are at risk right now during this election. We've seen already that, you know, hate crimes have risen in this country. A a protest uh, makes sense to me. I don't think we're going
35: to be able to have a clean election.
22: I'm afraid to leave my house, like, really. I mean, we are in the greater Philadelphia area, right? Yeah. So, you know, with all the protests that have been happening, do you think they've been productive?
11: No. I don't think rioting and looting helps anybody that I
35: really don't know, honestly. The know the nonviolent ones, yes.
22: Innocentically, they have been. Three nights ago when the one man was shot by the police, that night, my dad lives
11: down there, That night, uh, we worked down there. That night, there was 11 people killed in the riots and protests,
22: including a 15-year-old girl. So I don't think that helps anybody. If one man dies, I don't think 11 additional people should die. The issues need to be spoken about. Uh, and when people aren't listening, you have to do whatever you can.
35: They were grilling the hell out of me. How are you feeling right now? I'm kind of pissed. I feel like I just got played. And I heard him say to the supervisor that they messed up yesterday. That they and I was so I was like, oh, what did they mess up on? And uh, he told the the supervisor that um, they had uh, postmarked one of the ballots for the fourth instead of the third they were supposed to hit uh, put them for third. And so let me let me make good on that promise right away. Okay? This storm is getting crazy, right? And it's, sure. it's out of a lot of people's control. And so the reason they called me in is to try to harness that storm, try to reel it back in before it gets really crazy. because we have senators involved we have the Department of Justice involved we have all lawyers teams gotten a hold of me I'm not well I am actually I am trying to twist you a little bit because in that believe it or not your mind will kick in Um, we like to control our mind and when we do that we can convince ourselves of a memory but when you're under a little bit of stress which is what I'm doing to you purposely um your mind can be a little bit clearer. And Good we're gonna to go. to do a different exercise too to make your mind a little bit clearer. Okay? Good to go. So, but this is all on purpose. Okay? Roger. I'm not scaring you, but I am scaring you here.
18: It seems
8: like they were trying to make me distrust y'all. And at the same time, it, it, it kind of affected, but at the same time, I was like, nah, these guys have had my back since the get go.
35: So I, that's why I continued.
29: Do you think these federal agents have your back?
35: At this point, no. Do you think
29: these federal agents are really interested in investigating fraud?
35: Honestly, I don't think they are.
29: And in fact, you heard Weisenberg tell a supervisor they were backdating the ballots to make it appear they've been collected on November 3rd. You still stand by that? Yeah. Yes.
36: 2020 is a political revolution. I am going to do everything morally acceptable to win. I will lie, I will cheat, I will steal, because that's morally acceptable in this <laughs> political environment. This is Chris Jacks from Our Revolution, a radical
29: left 501c4 organization bent on creating a, quote, political revolution in the United States. Jacks represents the Democratic Party here in Colorado. And Jack says a Biden administration will be used to advance his political objectives, or else
36: there will be violence. It's going to take a strategic hit against the, the 21% that's in charge, because that's who it is, it's killing, killing random Nazis in the street, random <laughs> bootlickers, so you want to do some Versailles shit, you want to do some Antifa shit, you really want to change this country that way with balance? only one way to do it. you got to get people that are close to billionaires and start just, random billionaires start turning them dead. I mean, Bezos are so top of the list. <laughs> I do think there needs to be a militant group, and I love Antifa for that reason. I love that there's, you, you always have to have somebody that's willing to hold up the flag and say, no, nope, this is the line in the sand, and we're the ones holding that line. But, but they ain't stabbing mother like they used to. <laughs> they don't have to, though, because they used to stop. See? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and that's all we got to say. No. Guillotines. but that's all we got to say. Go. Option A. What I'm proposing, option two, slicing Boys. What are your choices, Julia? Which one do you want? Joe Biden is presumably left-wing, and he's got a functioning signing hand. Uh, and as long as there is progressive legislation that comes across his desk, I am confident we can occupy his house. We know where he'll live. So, uh, you think- and, and yeah, he, he wants to veto Medicare for all. Let him veto it. He's never leaving that house again without protest. Half of the struggle that I have ain't with Republicans. It isn't with the right wing. It's with moderates you know, in the Democratic Party. They underestimate how many people on the left are organized, trained, armed, and ready to go. So, what many poll challengers were actually seeing um, was that when the ballots were scanned um, and it did not match a voter in the electronic poll book and it did not match a voter in the supplemental paper poll book, which was provided due to Michigan's law um, that allows for same day registration, um, they were still allowing those ballots to go through and be counted. And that is when the GOP poll challengers were issuing those challenges. So they were either being ignored um, or kicked out when they were doing that.
5: We've just got done going
23: through the two garbage bags that we obtained from Bucks County Board of Elections out of the dumpster. Um, this is some of the uh, ballot paraphernalia that we've discovered Um, you can see some signatures from some voters here Um, some looks like these ballots they spoiled on some of these we have some pieces here Um, a number of
14: envelopes with signatures a couple full ones too some more down here
9: to reiterate this does appear like an official ballot and the rules were not followed correctly right that's what it looks like Fair enough.
12: what reason would someone have to not follow that process
36: ignorance not knowing not understanding brand new law so
9: there's is a detailed process in place yes and this clearly shows that the process was not handled
21: yes the whoever was the judge of elections didn't do it correctly. The so poll workers should not throw
9: it in it the garbage. garbage. Is it
26: legal to throw it in the garbage? I do not know
9: if it's legal to throw it in the garbage, but it should be sent back to us, and so you can it for I believe 22 months. Where does the spoiled ballot ultimately end up at the end of its life cycle? Uh, it
12: will be stored for two years, and then it will be credited. So
9: if we can just kind of start over with the spoiled ballots as to what happens with them once they become spoiled.
36: So they become spoiled, and they're right spoiled on them, and they're going into a spoiled day um, that's kept in the warehouse after election day for a period of time. And I did talk to someone, I believe it's three years, that we have to um, hold on to them. And then nothing gets thrown out. I believe after the period they get um, shredded, but I'm
3: not 100% sure on that. Over. Whoever is decided to be the president, remember, just because CNN says, or even Fox News says that somebody's president doesn't make them president. So I think everybody what? wants to know that this was done properly mm-hmm. and legally. What is happening? We like Trace, the we result. called it. And I think we
7: have to look into every one of these concerns.
32: Yeah. But and I think,
8: yeah. And I think Cleta makes a very good point there, Steve. You know, that look. The last soundbite was Fox. Literally. Oh, are you kidding me? How do you dare you say that? Fox has been instructed not to put anybody on from the administration or anybody that talks about it. Tucker was reined in last night. And Judge Perina was fired. Which, once again, the media's reaction after you've set it up to be there is fraud and it's going to be Trump and their total censorship of this makes more and more people look at it and go, well, there's something there. Here's just one article. I've, I've been doing these for a year. Social worker in Texas charged with 134 counts of election fraud. It happens. Allie Bethy suck, Stucky, blue check woman. Legally cast ballots sound like a new way of saying whites only. Because, of course, we're just going to make it racial. Pennsylvania mail carrier says he was ordered to collect late ballots. A lot of people talking about this. Sarah Inglesville, the moment when Michigan counted 149,772 votes in five seconds and less than 6,000 of them were for Trump. Software glitch going on here in Virginia, 442 a.m., we've counted 3,368,181 votes 512, wait, no, we've only counted 3,199. Even the unexpecting states managed to lose and find 12K votes somehow looking at you, Arkansas. I'm not sure if this is just to be expected or whatever. It's down to more glitches, whatever. The numbers from election 2020 make no sense to me. Unpopular, pended, round off. I've always loved Biden, but didn't feel he was the right pick this time. Not 100% convinced Donald Trump is any party wanting democracy should be very concerned about what we've uncovered today and please do fact check the data statistician and these are stories on conservative media numbers are really scary for biden claiming claims that why media rushing to get every on everybody on board narrative this is uh let's see if i can get to it from American thinker. So today I started digging the numbers and as I did, I fought my, I fought my confirmation bias at every step. I realized that I, like millions of others had been numbered into despondency by the overwhelming press media, social media push to certify Biden. Hey guys, This thing is not only not over, it's scary for Biden. I mean, really scary. And most of all, the media know it. Thus, the rush to get everyone online for the 70-year-old early dementia VP, who could not draw a crowd larger than a dozen, just beat DJ in fair election. Process for the moment. Start with Pennsylvania. Biden, as this writing, is at 290 electoral votes, Pennsylvania's 20. I read the Justice Alito opinion. It's pretty clear that he wants to, after election night, at 8 p.m., votes separated. Biden's going to lose at the Supreme Court, and they know it. Four justices already said the Pennsylvania Supreme Court cannot adjust voting rules. A new arrival, Justice Barrett, says she is there to apply the rules in the Constitution. Remove the 800 8 p.m. ballots, and Biden loses Pennsylvania. Let's visit Nevada. I have lots of friends in California who have condos in Nevada to evade state taxes. There are not a couple of people doing this. There are tens of thousands. Everyone knows it, and California seeks them out. Our old pal Harry Reid knows it as well, and he probably has them voting in droves in the election. Probably not a big DJ constituency. Within 72 hours of election, the Trump team found validated over 3,500 of them. I do not suspect the Trump people stopped counting. Every one of these ballots is reduction for Biden. Nevada is now as well within reach for Donald Trump. Remember where we are, people. Biden is at 270 after a highly probable Supreme Court decision. Lose Nevada, he loses the election. But wait, it gets better. Let's visit Wisconsin right now. It's 20,000 votes in Uncle Joe's direction. A lot of stories out there were below the Google fold and there are way more Wisconsin votes than there are registered voters. Okay, maybe the dead can vote up there. Probably a Midwest thing. Well, last night we found that Wisconsin election clerks were told and followed directions to modify mail-in ballots and fill in the blanks where witnesses left out critical info. I'm sure it's just good customer service thing, but the problem is every ballot is now toast. There were thousands of such prima facie wrongful votes. Oops, Biden up 20,000. Now that number's in question. No more truckload of votes coming in, so every ballot DJ's team eliminates gets elect Biden closer to former VP. North Carolina, that one pretty much looks like as though it is an over and DJ won it, but they won't call it so he can't get electoral votes. Then you start getting into more people who are objective. Most of these people are not Donald Trump people. That's the amazing thing. Elizabeth Harrington, Detroit Poll Watcher, 4.30 a.m. on November 4th. Tens of thousands of ballots delivered from out of state. Unlike the other ballots, these boxes are brought in from the rear of the room. I specifically noticed every ballot I observed was cast for Joe Biden. That's an affidavit. That's an affidavit. Somebody signed it. Molly Hemingway. Media can rant, scream, hide facts, ignore logic, ignore history, bully weak-minded peers, etc., they have zero credibility with Americans and intuitively understand error-riddled mail-in ballot scheme with little or no oversight make for dangerous, untrustworthy systems. Um, that's why I played that brainstorming. That was a media brainstorming about how we had to get America to believe that this was going to be normal. Because they were in on the scheme of mail ballots. They knew with mail-in ballots that Biden would win. But they also thought they get their blue wave, and it didn't happen. Benjamin Wintergarden read this sworn affidavit from a GOP poll challenger and former assistant AG for Michigan. Zachary Larson on the alleged fraud he observed in Detroit. This is the third world stuff, and every American should be outraged. Here are some of them. Let's review the running list of scanned-in ballots and computer system, where it appeared the voter had already been counted as having voted. An official operating the computer then appeared to assign this ballot to a different voter, as he observed a completely different name that was added to the list of voters at the bottom of the running tab. Mr. Larson was concerned this practice of assigning names and numbers indicated that a ballot was being counted for a non-eligible voter who was not either in the poll book or supplemental poll book. From his observations of the computer screen, the voters were not in the official poll book. Moreover, this appeared to be the case of the majority of the voters whose ballots he personally observed being scammed. Because Larson could he stepped behind the table and walked over to a spot behind where the first official was conducting her work. Understanding health concerns due to COVID, he attempted to stand as far from the official as he reasonably could while also being able to visually observe the name on the supplemental poll book and on the envelopes. As soon as Mr. Larson moved to a location where he could observe the process by which the first official at the table was confirming the eligibility of the voter to vote, the first official immediately stopped working and glared at him. He stood still until she began to loudly and aggressively tell him that he could not stand there. She indicated that he needed to remain in the front of the computer screen. Both officials then began to tell Mr. Larson that because it coded, he needed to be six feet away. Just minutes before another table, a supervisor explained that the rules allowed Mr. Larson to visually observe, but they didn't let him. When the supervisor arrived, she reiterated that Mr. Larson was not allowed to stand behind the official with the poll book. Thus, he couldn't check it. And it goes on. And it's all the, almost every one of these affidavits, if you see it, These people are saying they were cooking the books when they stopped the vote count. These states, this is what it looked like. This is why there are millions of Americans who don't believe the mail-in bullshit. Biden supporters were instantly go, "Well, there's going to be things different because it's mail-in." Pennsylvania, Donald Trump, fifty-seven percent. Georgia, 53%, Michigan, 54%, Michigan, 54%, Carolina, 50%, Donald Trump, 52%. By the time we woke up, it was all gone. Then you have uh, cultural husbandry. It's going to drag on quite a while. Let me cover the basics, recounts. Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona. Glitch in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, not allowing Republican observers. Uh, each of these is going to be used to eat up time. The Federal Election Commission chair has already stated that he believes voter fraud took place, specifically citing the what, refusal to allow Republican poll watchers. Domin- Dominion is used in 47 counties in Michigan. Is also used in 30 different states. Most importantly, it is used in every 2020 election swing state. It has some Dem lobbyists working for them, including Pelosi's aide and her husband-owned stake. It also violated Benford's law with Hillary in 2016 and works in conjunction with the Clinton Foundation on Project DeLand, the democracy project. So for mathematical proofs, they will go looking at all of them because they're within 5%. Um... It goes on to talk about all the sketchiness with Dominion because Dominion was the Democrat thing. He then ends up, the question still remains is, does anyone care enough about the presidency to risk the riots? The answer is, of course, yes, as we've seen factions nationwide. He goes into a long screed about how, hey, the media is pushing this which make it look worse. And then new data analysis finds 353 counties with 1.8 million more registered voters than eligible citizens. And that's the part that makes me want to cover this. It's just not Michigan, Wisconsin. It's nationwide where voter rolls don't match the people that live there. Majorie Taylor Greene. My husband never requested an absentee ballot. When he went to vote, they told him, He'd already received the ballot, but he never requested it, nor did he send one in. They said he already voted. Another one I saw was the same concept, but then they let him vote again. And every time somebody puts this up, It's common for people to only vote for a presidential candidate on their ballot and not candidates for other offices. Journalists report. And then you go back to that think piece I get played. They were prepping this. Michael Malice. The corporate press spent three years on electoral irregularities for 2016, but won't spend three days on them in 2020. This is the difference between having a bias and an agenda. Serving the sanctity of our election means... And has always meant getting the outcome what they want. The corporate press spent through okay. Let me, uh, the pro- corporate press spent three years on electoral. Why does he repeat himself so many times? Roscoe B. Davis. However, HEC is an Asia fund. It's part of the sell of our country that really ramped up beginning in GWB administration, continued through Obama. Sell off our country one piece at a time. In 2002, when AA was dead in the water and forced surrender of CPA licensing, the void was filled by foreign entities. Enter big tech money and the ties to March 29th. Okay, this is another conspiracy about China buying the election. Not going to cover that one. Um, And then the ones I got this morning, because they just... They don't stop. Um, The worst is about Dominion. So let me get them up. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay, so I got them loaded. Can Dominion be hacked? This is a guy who is a software guy. Yes. There is proof that Michigan was connected to the internet. You're not supposed to connect your vote tabulation to the internet. But they did. Thus the question. And once again, I do I believe anything's going to change? No. Nah. Do I think it was stolen? Fuck yeah. Do I think it's over? Yeah. But nobody wants to cover this stuff when the inverse, it would be front page news. New York Times would be doing long stuff. We would not have counted anything. And once again, when you won't call North Carolina, you won't call fucking... Alaska, you called Arizona and it looks like it's really super close now. It shouldn't have been called, but they were trying to do anything to get him to 70. The PA with the attorney general saying there's no way Trump's going to win. Once it's over, he's going to lose. And that was allowed to stay on Twitter all day. Nobody cared about it. And all the shit that's going on with fucking poll workers coming over and thousands of affidavits. I mean, it just, wow. It's hard not to look at this stuff and go, the people that were saying Trump's going to steal it, well, they did a lot of stuff to make sure they could win it by changing 80 laws and going crazy about everything, and now you don't want to cover it. When for four years, they didn't accept 2016, so why wouldn't they steal it now? Can Dominion's test stacks with only Biden mark? Yes. That's what they did. Can those be counted as legitimate? Yes. Can entire batches of Trump votes be paired? Yes. How? The manual. And people who are responding to this, Biden outperformed HRC in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Nevada. But in states expected to win, he is behind 4.5%, 18.4%, and 1.2%. That's California, New York, and Illinois. These people went through this software, and it was made to be fucked with. Another article, tens of thousands of Pennsylvania ballots returned earlier than sent. And these are independent researchers. So in this article, I'll just break it down. Ballots were sent out and they were received the day they were sent out, the next day, or before they were sent out. That's what the postmarks say. Because in the scramble to make this happen, if the fraud is true, people aren't smart. They fuck things up. And they didn't think about the dates. Memory sticks used to program Philly's voting machines were stolen from the warehouse, a.k.a. tossed. Now remember, this is a Democrat program. Everybody connected with it is a Democrat. And if you put the hat on, if it was... Done by the GOP, no fucking way this software would have been used in 28 states, specifically swing states. Spotted Toad. Remarkably, several people older than anyone in America also voted in Pennsylvania mail in ballot. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And it goes on. 14 people on the what he showed, and you can open it up, and it's numerous pages. These people, yeah, they're not alive. It's bullshit. Total bullshit. Um, Resistance Group. Civil Resistance Group enlists GOP corporate leaders to defend Biden's claim. Why would you do that? Richard Grinnell. Anderson Cooper is totally unhinged. Cooper just compared Donald Trump to Mobotu. Tom Bevins, the guy who just apologized for a beast turtle Insult decides this is a better look. Richard Gunnell. Anderson Cooper embarrasses himself. African dipper are mocking him for this. Brian Seltzer, Tucker Carlson obsession, ticks up a notch with a thread explaining what he thinks Tucker is doing. Banner on Tucker Carlson. Media demand we accept Biden as our president. Left still showing division after election. Elites continue to break those beneath them. Silicon Valley has been protecting Joe Biden. See what Tucker is doing? We don't know how many votes were stolen on Tuesday night. We don't know anything about the software that may say we're rigged. We don't know. We ought to find out. But we do know that at a large level, our system is not as fair as it should be. Hannity's message tonight. They hate you. They hate us. Everybody responded, yeah, this is all true. These people are ignorant. Joy and Reed, here's the thing. The reason there there's a thing called 538 is because 538 was the margin in Florida when the Republican SCOTA reversed the 2000 election during a recount, making W the president. That's the kind of margin where races can flip. That's not what's up now. Dave Wasserman, yet. That's not it at all. James Sarkovsky. This is not the reason 538 is called 538. It's called that because that's the total number of electoral votes in the U.S. And the margin of flora was not 538. It was 537. And the 270 to win is a reference to 270 million eligible voters in the 2020 election. (laughs) She never deleted it. Blue check. Cameron Gray, start mocking her. Here's the thing. The reason there's a store called Five Below is because it was founded in a tiny village in Norway where the average daily temperature is five below. Barry Pocheski, here's the thing. They called the 76ers because that's the year they moved the team from Syracuse. It's called 7-Eleven because the number of four locos... I used to buy there in college, average between 7 and 11. <laughs> Here's the thing the reason there's a thing called Huff Post is because three little pigs, you huff and you puff and you blow the house down and act in defiance against the Bush White House. Here's the thing the reason why they call it 911 is because that year the that Vikings made peace with West Francia and thus Christianity ended the emergency of Vicky Plunder. I'm going to keep reading because they're funny. Here's the thing. The reason it's called 24 is because that number was key for Southerners' age at the time the pilot was shot, divided by two. Here's the thing. The reason why the website called Vox.com is that Vox is the name of Nicholson Baker phone sex novel that Monica Lewinsky purchased for Bill Clinton as a gift. Here's the thing. The reason the thing's called the Burdenstein Bear is because the interdimensional rift in which reality was significantly changed. And it just goes on. I won't do it anymore. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, Wedding has hosted at a polling location after the election. They found Trump votes in the trash. It's on Rumble. It's pictures. They're in the trash. Articles like this are why people don't trust the election. Big media and tech stole the 2020 election. Uh, It is an indisputable fact that the media stole the election. The American electorate was intentionally kept in the dark. During the height of the scandal surrounding Hunter Biden's foreign dealings, the media and the big tech companies did everything in their power to cover it up. Twitter and Facebook limited sharing of the New York Post reports, and the liberal media omitted it from their coverage. Now we know the impact of the cover-up. 4.6% of Biden voters say they would not have voted for him had they been aware of evidence of this scandal. The story would have potentially changed the outcome of the election. The media in Silicon Valley were fully aware of this, so they actively tried to prevent it from reaching the American public. It's about the same amount, they say, that did affect Hillary with her, whatchamacallit. A nationwide survey of 1,000 actual voters, including early voters, was conducted in November. Voters were asked about the bombshell report for the New York Post. At the time you cast your vote for president, were you aware the evidence exists in the email, text, eyewitness testimony, and banking transaction that the FBI has been investigating since last year, directing Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah? While 73% of the respondents said they heard about these allegations, 27% had not, including 36% of Biden voters. Those Biden voters were then asked if you had been aware of this actual evidence, the voters were then given several options. Still voted, 87%, voted for third party, 5.6, not voted for anybody, 4.7, not voted at all, 1.7, or switched to Donald Trump, 1%. The net effect is 13.1% of these voters, 4.6 of Biden's overall vote, said they would not have voted for Biden. And when you look at the numbers, that's the difference slap on top of it the fact that they did 80 election changes and social media changed their algorithms 27 fucking times to not let trump say anything when he is a social media candidate yeah they stole it and on top of it all blm is still doing table sides and fucking with Biden voters, and nobody's talking about it. Timing, New York Times finally admits damage done to riot-torn businesses. So we have Pfizer, we have the damage, and it's always after. Don't you think that's probably, there's a reason for that? And then you have all this fucking, we're not going to fucking call elections. We just refuse to call elections. We're not going to call them, because if we call them, well then, there's a race. There's a reason Trump's fighting this stuff. So we don't call races. Alaska is a done deal. Everybody on the planet knows it. It's going Republican. And that will put them at 50. But even with Tillis, even with Tillis, okay, They won't call it. The guy conceded. The race is over. But they won't give them the win. And you know why? Because they truly do believe they call races. We're the media. We call races, not the actual officials calling the fucking races. So we're going to go into our, this is America, because I want to do that before I do, um, the veterans day segment, which I'm going to do the veterans day segment as a separate podcast. To keep it separate because I wanted to play some sound bites and you know this once again I I, I haven't got even close to doing the two hours of fucking podcast I will once all this shit goes crazy and stops we will so um, we're gonna start with a sound bite and once again um, I, I I I just I can't understand how Democrats can get away with saying things like this. This statement by Cuomo is fucking horrible. And it's allowed to stay because he's a D. This is
2: America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't get you slipping now.
0: It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says,
30: and This is America in 2019. Yeah,
34: this is America. I got
27: strap. Hey! We were talking
29: yesterday about the importance of vaccine distribution in the next two months. What do you make of this news?
15: Uh, well, it's it's good news, bad news, George. The good news is uh, the Pfizer tests look good and we'll have a vaccine shortly. The bad news is... Uh, that it's about two months before Joe Biden takes over. And that means this administration is going to be implementing a vaccine plan. I believe it, it learns nothing from the past. They're basically going to have the private providers do it. And that's going to leave out all sorts of communities that were left out the first time uh, when COVID ravaged them.
29: So what needs to be done that the Trump administration won't do that President-elect Biden could do? Uh,
15: You have two months, and we can't let this vaccination plan go forward the way the Trump administration is designing it, because Biden can't undo it two months later. We'll be in the midst of it. Uh, And I've been talking to governors across the nation about that. Uh, How can we shape the Trump administration vaccine plan to fix it or stop it? Uh, before it does
29: damage. The a vaccine distribution in the next two months. What do you make of this news?
15: Uh, well, it's, it's good news, bad news, George. The good news is uh, the Pfizer tests look good and we'll have a vaccine shortly. The bad news is uh, that it's about two months before Joe Biden takes over. And that means this administration is going to be implementing a vaccine plan. The vaccine plan is very important, and it's probably the most ambitious undertaking undertaking since uh, COVID began. Uh, Just to put it in focus... Uh, We did 120 million COVID tests in this nation over seven months, scrambling, doing everything we can. We now have to do 330 million vaccinations, maybe twice. Uh, My state does more testing than any state in the United States. We did 12 million tests. We have to do 20 million vaccines. Uh, And the Trump administration is rolling out the vaccination plan, and I believe it's flawed. I believe it, it learns nothing from the past. They're basically going to have the private providers do it. And that's going to leave out all sorts of communities that were left out the first time uh, when COVID ravaged them.
29: So what needs to be done that the Trump administration won't do that President-elect Biden could do?
15: Yeah, The, uh, the, the Biden administration, when you, deny, uh, when you deny a problem the way Trump did, uh, you can never solve it. And that's uh, true in life. The Trump administration denied COVID, so they were never ready for it. There was no mobilization of the government. Uh, and they're still doing the same thing. They're going to take this vaccine and they're going to go through the private uh, mechanism, through hospitals, through uh, drug market chains, etc. Uh, that's going to be slow and that's going to bypass the communities that we call health care deserts. Uh, if you don't have a Rite Aid or a CVS, then you're in trouble. And that's what happened the first time with COVID. Why do we have such a disparity in the infection rate and mortality rate in COVID? Because some communities uh, don't have the same access to health care. Uh, I'm sure the Biden administration is going to address that. I think his first step saying, let's focus on the science. Let's depoliticize. Testing, data, uh, listen to the science is the exact opposite of Trump. But uh, you have two months and we can't let this vaccination plan go forward the way the Trump administration is designing it because Biden can't undo it two months later. We'll be in the midst of it. Uh, and I'm going I've been talking to governors across the nation about that. Uh, how can we shape the Trump
29: administration
15: vaccine plan to fix it? or stop it uh, before it
29: does damage. And we're in an emergency right now. We're seeing the cases rise across. And
15: um, we've
25: talked so many times about the timing of this data, and it was so tied to election day. Uh, You had expected you would see by the end of October whether the vaccine worked. Uh, You're getting this news now a week after the election. Uh, What do you say if President Trump accuses you of waiting until after the election to
14: release this information?
15: For us, the election day was always an artificial date. We were not working with the election as a timeline. We were uh, working, uh, I released a letter, if you remember, Meg, to our employees uh, some time ago, uh, saying that uh, the only pressure we feel it is the pressure of the billions of people that are hoping on our vaccine. Uh, and we are going to follow the speed of science. So science spoke, and uh, I was predicting that this will happen at the end of October. It happened a week later. I think uh, the most important thing right now for everyone it is to feel the joy that it happened, and it happened so
13: well, ninety percent. Hey, Albert, ninety
3: percent effective is amazing.
13: Oh, I know. Don't tell me. Ninety
3: percent is just amazing. The weather was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Here it is November; it's unseasonably warm on the on this side of the country. You know. Sometimes during the campaign, you saw people all bundled up in coats. But I can't get over how warm, it's almost like Mother Nature was cooperating. This is victory speech meets tailgate, George. We've never seen something quite like this. There is also a sense of euphoria in this country. I, I
21: call it unbridled exuberance. This feels like a victory celebration for a baseball team, a football team. It reminds me of Mardi Gras. If you've been to a parade, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what it feels like, a big old celebration. Look at these images. This is football season, right? This, this, this looks like Friday night in America after your favorite team just won the state championship.
3: You feel it. The, the, the joy is palpable out there.
21: Right away, people were running to this area. This has been the biggest dance party in Washington, D.C., I've got to say.
25: Almost kind of feels like New Year's
3: Eve, you know, talking to people who are, who are gathered outside. It's like, Nora, the, the country's having a nationwide block party. And it's actually happening all around the world, exactly not just right. here in the United States. They are celebrating, they are dancing, people here are having a very good time, and Joe Biden will be able to enjoy a crowd. People, you can feel the energy and the joy from people. A sense of jubilation tonight,
21: and that's why they're out in, in the, the streets. streets. And it's been going on all day long, all the way up several, several blocks. They are singing, despite the mask. It's oh, wonderful for her nation, in this divided time, to have a night like this Where people seem joyous, at least for an evening.
27: And they're trying to send a message to the current president. What a powerful
10: moment for for everyone in this country, regardless of politics. Speaking to people today,
21: VJ Day in in Times Square, there's that famous photograph of the kiss in Times Square. There are people who describe a kind of release.
8: Just lumped them all together because what the fuck it's all it all goes together the pfizer announcement that they suppressed so that couldn't help trump the media's just hypocrisy on this is just unbelievable so let's break that cluster fuck down Cuomo says it's bad news that a vaccine has potentially been developed two months before Biden takes over. And his inference is that it's going to be executed by Trump, and that's bad. Why? I thought we're talking about science here. Ted Cruz, miraculously, COVID's cured the very instant the networks called the race for Biden what changed monday november 2nd at 10:30 a.m. versus monday november 9th at 20:20 a.m. and it's exactly what i said the covid tracker is no longer on tv it's what they do it's what they do they they just do it i mean it's it's fucking insane how the bush it was a death count. Now it's fucking COVID, and we'll start glossing over this turd as quick as humanly possible to make it look like oh by the well Trump Trump was the virus because all of a sudden the fucking virus is just gone. It just doesn't exist anymore. There's not that many deaths. It, it does. It it was just it was just Trump. It was all just Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump's the reason why you can't get a good burger at Burger King, for Christ's sake. Which brings us to stories like this, which, you know, the meeting's not going to cover, or media. The timing of this COVID study is pretty interesting. Huh? So now that Joe Biden is leading in the election, COVID is over. I mean, it's, I'm seeing people dancing in the streets right now. And indoor concerts may be made safe from COVID spread. Yes, that's what's dropped right now. As Donald Trump tuners and others noted. And people literally say, um, a Hill article. Indoor concerts may be more safe from coronavirus spread. New study says. COVID skips them. Notre Dame crowd shame. Biden block party celebrated on the same days. Media in the street. USA Today, New York Times, WAPO, CNN, everybody lecturing the Notre Dame crowds. America's letting off steam. AG uh, shot chaser thread. A bunch of reports today regarding huge spikes in COVID cases, barely a mask in sight, yet the same people who will shame others for doing casual activities and soon insist on further restrictions will say nothing. Washington Square Park, not waiting for AP call. Jake oster fluff and fluffer, a blue check. Aaron Rupar, it's party time outside the White House. Not ideal during a worsening pandemic, showing Trump supporters that are Eleven hours, twenty-two minutes. He tweeted that. Didn't didn't even see that that was hypocritical as fuck. No, we didn't care. No one should ever take any COVID commentary from these guys seriously. People had to cancel weddings, skip funerals, leave loved ones to die alone, all while being lectured by Hayes and crew the need for restrictions. Chris Hayes. Lots of people need the right now, keep those masks on, but you're outside. That's his tweet. And it goes on forever. There's, there's a fucking shitload of them. D.C. Mayor, Mark Sebgrave, D.C. Mayor, Browser and staff attend Joe Biden victory speech in Wilmington, Delaware, Saturday. Delaware, on the mayor's list of high-risk states, was require quarantine after returning. Browser staff say the trip was essential travel, exempted. Under the mayor's order. Because it's essential to go there. Yeah, essential. Just like a haircut for Nancy Pelosi. Essential. Then we start getting in the tech stuff. George Soros gave $1 million to big tech-funded super PAC effort to give Trump at the end his groups put in essentially 72 million dollars but we don't hear about it like the Koch brothers say it all the time you say it on Twitter you're in trouble because you can't say those things you can't say the word Soros if you say the word Soros, you're an anti-Semite. That's what they say. But he contributed bigly to get all the judges to overturn election laws that are totally unconstitutional to prep this election. FCC, FTC, likely to bring antitrust suit against Facebook by month's end, as reported by Politico. During this pandemic, or, sorry, election, on Twitter, 111 times Donald Trump was censored. Biden was censored, not Even once. And understand, he put this out. I did this for an example on purpose. Stock market up big. Vaccine coming soon. Report 90% effective. Such great news. On this tweet by Twitter, Joe Biden is the projected winner of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Every one of his tweets are getting that because now they're just fucking... Trolling him. But it's okay because, you know, that's not bias or affecting the outcome. Eventbrite delists Women for America First March for Trump and promoting potentially harmful misinformation. It's another one of those event things. And on top of it, every GoFundMe that has been coming out to try to help count the votes have been removed. No GoFundMes. The exodus from Twitter and Facebook, yesterday alone, 5 million people signed up for Parler. It crashed the site. Because people are done. Even my wife signed up for Parler. She goes, I can't take this. Everything she posted on Facebook, whether it was about the election or not, this is disputed. And once again, if the election was perfect, if there was nothing wrong with the election, it's all sour grapes, why the full court press? Why? Why would you go through all this? Then we get into the world stuff that, you know, drives me crazy if you follow the show. CNN. No matter the outcome, America's standing in the world took a big hit on election night. That's a CNN article. But then you get into the stupid shit, and it sounds a little something like this. What I must admit has surprised me.
5: Tonight, we're seeing all over this nation, all cities and all parts of the country, indeed across the world, an outpouring of joy, of hope, renewed faith, and tomorrow bring a better day.
4: President-elect Biden saw it. And that's not just political rhetoric, I bet if you're watching the news, you saw it too. These celebrations around our nation, across the globe, the streets of major U.S. cities like Washington, D.C., of course, our capital, New York, the singing, the dancing, the cheering, the end of this era. There were also celebrations abroad, places like Paris, where the actual church bells were ringing. Listen to that. That doesn't happen for every election. That was the reaction there to Mark, Trump losing, Joe Biden becoming our president-elect or take London. Fireworks were set off celebrating the historic win. Let's take this in. Millions of people in dozens and dozens of countries stopping to reflect on what we did, what you did here in America yesterday.
19: And around the world, leaders are welcoming Joe Biden's election and the prospect of re-engaging with the United States. NBC's Richard Engel now with that part of the story. Joe Biden has won. Much of the world is is reacting to
21: President Trump's defeat as if Americans toppled a dictator. The world had to get rid of it. He degraded America. Congratulations have poured in for President-elect Biden. That's normal. What's not is the sense of relief that America first isolationism is over. The mayor of Paris tweeted, Welcome back, America. When President Trump was elected, a German magazine showed him decapitating the Statue of Liberty. In the new edition, President-elect Biden is restoring it. So what will actually change? Engagement is back. Biden says he'll refund the WHO, rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, recommit to NATO, and then revive the Iran deal. Who potentially loses? Israel is nervous. President Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Palestinians felt ignored and refused to deal with Washington. Now they hope Biden will re-engage. Also nervous, the U.K.'s Boris Johnson, a champion of leaving the European Union, who Biden has called a Trump clone. Russia has yet to congratulate President-elect Biden, saying it's waiting for more official results. China, silent, too, does not expect its Cold War with the U.S. to thaw.
8: For the record, the explosions of fireworks they were talking about there is for Remembrance Day. It's just like our day. It wasn't for biden it just wasn't for biden and toppling a dictator that's what you say on the news that's objective news francis foster brings us another one to all my liberal friends celebrating the trump loss and biden won a word of warning trump is never the problem he was a symptom you created them with your sneering contempt for white working class. You called them racist for voting someone who finally addressed their problems and promised to stand up for them. They are victims of a political system that doesn't care about them and never will. You don't care because the system works for you. You reveled in the fruits of globalization as you enjoyed your job in tech and advertising, drinking macchiatos. They saw their jobs and lollyhoes destroyed, their communities decimated. When their communities were suffering and having the hearts ripped out, the privilege told them to code when they want the issue of immigration addressed against you smeared as a racist because your jobs aren't affected and it means that your life gets better and it's not your wages being affected. I could go on and on, but I'll finish with this. Trump is a system of a far greater problem within our society that will only get worse, ignore the rhetoric, and he had strong following from ethnic minority and black communities. Ask yourself why. Biden is a neoliberal who will not solve these problems. This result has changed nothing. He's right. Another one, inmates running the asylum. The first screenshot is about the New York Times staff response to Tom Cotton op-ed. The second screenshot is about a New York Times staff response to the CCP. New York Times staff couldn't get mad at real oppressors, but were exhausted to fake for fake ones. Media won't change. And then Ali Bethy Stuckey brings us the most poignant and the best thing I could end on. I'm going to just end on this. Andrew Yang. Allie Bethy Stuckey. Democrats are advocating for blue voters to become Georgia residents for the upcoming runoff election. Georgia doesn't have a minimum residency requirement, which poses a legal loophole for both parties. The best thing we could do for Joe is get him a Democratic Senate. There should be coordination of resources. Everyone who campaigned for Joe should get ready to head to Georgia. I'll go. It's the only way to sign line Mitch. Her reply. So just be clear. Dems do not care about the will of Georgians. They would rather impose the will of non-Georgians on the state to get what they want. Never about people. Always about power. We constantly hear about preserving democracy from Dems. It's not democracy to override the will of people of a state with the will of people who don't live there when it comes to selecting representatives for the state. And a lot of people were just like me going, but I thought that was bad. Sanctity of elections. That's what they're calling for. But we're supposed to. Just accept this while they go and basically cook the books one more time. The problem with all this is, and I've said it numerous times, but I'll close on it because we're really long today. You built this. You guys built this distrust of everything in the system. And now when it's working against you and there are so many fucking what the fucks in this election that anybody who just looks at it objectively goes, wow, this ain't good. No, you shut your mouth and you just accept it. You unite now as we make lists. To dox out and ensure you never have employment again. Nothing's changed since two podcasts ago. It was America's racist because they didn't vote overwhelmingly for Biden. Now it's, you're racist if you do not accept us as your rulers. Bow down. So... That wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please share this with family and friends. Send comments F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP, podcast, gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Pocket Static, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. No, I'm sorry. No more long, no longer Google Play. iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, down at PocketCast. Remember to check out the Twitter account at FOP Reed. Our next podcast will be Sunday, 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 1-5-November. 2020 i'm gonna close this and do a very short podcast on veterans day got some good stuff and i'm gonna play some comedy stuff that i got from matt in oregon that i couldn't fit in here i once again apologize for three and a half hours but it was a lot of stuff and it's the last time i was going to cover fraud so i shoved it in there make sure you disconnect from all your devices tune into the next podcast and tune in sunday for a completely new podcast and all as always, thanks for listening. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast.
31: Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. makes every day count. I'm
35: the A shyness that
30: is criminally vulgar And am the son of a man, nothing in particular